Hello, friends. Welcome to Play Along Podcast, a podcast where we play through games, a very special bonus episode of Play Along Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jared, and today I'm joined, as always, by my two favorite gentlemen, Kai and Ben. How you, how you guys doing? What's up? Yeah. I'm really hungry. We're recording yeah. this after the other podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'll be done soon. Don't worry about it. It's, it's breakfast time in sunny California. And also, how dare you not introduce the guest first? You son of a fucking rude. I just want to be clear. No, the guest gets the floor afterwards. <laughs> he's, uh, he's special. We're old. Save save the save the jadedness for when we dunk on. We actually talk exactly, which brings us to the topic of this bonus episode. We are going to be talking about Breath of the Wild. And if you if you are aware of Play Along Podcast or have listened to our episodes, we have kind of hinted at some of our feelings. Some of us more than others have said how they feel about this game. Uh, I'm not going to point any fingers, but uh, we needed some help talking about this, so we brought on a guest here, Colby from the Switch It Up Pod. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be on. Uh, big fan of your guys' show. Um, really respect the dedication recording a two-hour podcast immediately before doing this. So uh, you guys are busy, busy days already for the California guys. Oh, man. Well, it's good because now we have uh, the energy that is needed for this kind of episode. You know, we, we've been talking mm-hmm. for two hours, and now we're prepped and ready to talk about this very I, important topic. I ranted about something that happened in the quarry, and <laughs> it, it riled me up. And you know, I was I was angry, and now I'm, I'm coming into this episode with that energy. Yeah. I also love listening to our podcast back, and when especially we do early days because my participation will only increase through the episode. Because in the beginning, <laughs> it's like I'm not even there. I'm not even yeah. a human being yet. Episode like, oh, okay. the episode we recorded at like midday your time was like the most active. The, I think oh yeah, been. <laughs> I had energy. I had had coffee. I had eaten. A hundred, a hundred percent. But Colby, tell us about your podcast. Switch it up, pod. Uh, yeah, Switch It Up podcast. Basically, you're all things uh, Nintendo podcast and occasionally and occasionally other things ran by everyone's two favorite college seniors. Uh, just started season four the other or last week with a three-hour review of one of the three routes in Fire Emblem Three Hopes. That's long yeah. as fuck, so please bookmark it like Jared has. <laughs> but yeah, just looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. Took, a, took, took yeah. some time off beforehand. Just... You know, now that we have a little community assembled now, it's only given us more motivation to keep the work going. But, you know, it's our passion project and we just, you know, put something out there for people to enjoy and listen to. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I was going to say, I'm not going to lie. I knew of you guys, but the first time I actually heard any of your content, I think he was, was I right, am I right in remembering you was on an episode of List Off? You did like E3 yeah. moments? Yeah. 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 And I was like, I need to check these fucking boys out now. <laughs> No, I mean, but you can see, like, even listening to your uh, uh, Three Hopes podcast, or episode, you can really see the passion that you guys have for, honestly, Fire Emblem and Three Hopes and Three Houses specifically, you guys really love that franchise. Yeah, we started, our first episode ever was on Three Houses, so it was kind of fitting that our comeback from a little bit of a break was on kind of made a full circle are you guys yes. planning on doing any like the other routes are you doing like yeah we're doing yeah so or? tyler and i both finished golden wildfire so we're gonna be reviewing that with alex yeah. from a random gamers corner and then mm-hmm. we're finishing up with azure gleam which is dimitri's route uh we just started playing that that'll be a little bit later but we'll be doing mm-hmm. that with other with guests as well so Ooh, yeah uh, when, some we'll, of those so, yeah we'll take a break and <laughs> We'll take a break in four years, and then there'll be another Fire Emblem Three Houses spinoff, and then we'll play that and review that. So, right. 
yeah, exactly. Might have to change the name of the podcast. <laughs> we are the <laughs> Three Hopes, Three Houses podcast, where we talk only about Fire Emblem. Uh, yeah, it's not. We're not going to release them like in a row, week week by week. We're going to space them out a little bit, just because the game. Yeah. So I was long, thinking, but... I was like, that's dedication. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> no, no, God, no. Well, there's rumblings too, but apparently a new Fire Emblem coming out or should be announced soon. Like they're already pretty well into development with it, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, can I can I just can't wait PSA. to add another sixty hour experience to my backlog? PSA. What's your don't PSA bag? Ever, don't ever, ever trust Nintendo leaks. Don't no, no. ever no, trust I've Nintendo leaks. I've learned like, that from fucking, the They're like one out of ten times are they true and it's sheer coincidence. Yeah, exactly. Um but Colby, besides the, the switch it up pod, you also stream too. Kind of tell us about what kind of games you stream. Oh man, this is occasionally. Uh, I did it yesterday yeah. for the first time in like a month, but the only game I've played, well, not true. The game I started with was Final Fantasy VII Remake on PS5, yeah. which is something I've been looking forward to for a very long time. And I just um, started Spider Man yesterday. Uh, I've never oh, played Spider I'm I'd so never, excited for you to play that. I'd never played it before. And like, I, I suck at the web slinging and running on walls and like doing Spider Man. I'd be a terrible Spider Man in real life, but. <laughs> You know, when you get the when like I got when I got the combat down a couple of times, I'm like, oh god, this feels incredible. Like it feels mm-hmm. so natural so, and it looks so cool. fluid. Like the it, swinging it re- in the game is so fluid, it's wild. It really is, and like I had to do like the Peter Parker stuff with like matching up like the trying to fix the little robot arm and like getting the towers yeah. back online. I'm like, oh man, like this is actually really neat. But mm-hmm. I've never played a superhero video game before, and I have Batman, Arkham Knight, and Spider Man mm-hmm. on my PS5. So I'm looking forward to getting into both. Oh, of those, fair, but- nice. We're gonna attack. Yeah, those are those are definitely big ones. Spider Man first, yeah. The with Spider Man, like once you get the hand of pressing X at the end of the web swing, because you can press X at the very top to launch up, or you can go forward. Like once you get the hand of that, it starts mm-hmm. to come down a lot more. And I think you can, because Ellie played for it recently. Like you can hold circle to quick turn corners, like ninety degree turn. Yeah, I got I got to play around with it for a little bit for sure. I've only I've only, I only yeah. played an hour yesterday. It was the first time I ever. Yeah, if it, you yeah. if you like swing along and hold circle, he'll 90 degree turn on the next corner. Mm-hmm. That's sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good and job. make use of the launch points. Launch points are really helpful. Yes, launch points are fun. They help you with that momentum. But today we are talking about Breath of the Wild. Everyone's favorite or maybe not favorite zelda game there's lots of lots of opinions on this lots of strong opinions i think on on both sides on people really loving this and people thinking that like it's a it's a pretty good game what do you mean um, guys we opinions, don't all agree it's the best facts. Game ever? yeah exactly. Uh, exactly some sides have facts some sides yeah. have feelings yeah. oh, some of us more delusional, valid some of us in reality delusional <laughs> okay we're, we're gonna get into this um but what i'm i'm really curious about too is we're going to get into kind of our first impressions and first time playing the game. And Ben, you had played through Breath of the Wild for the first time this year. So how, how was it experiencing Breath of the Wild with all of this kind of conversation? Because obviously there's a the talk of it being a 10 out of 10. There's all this talk about it mm-hmm. being an amazing game. What was your kind of first impressions with the game going into it in this kind of, in this world of Breath of the Wild right now? Yeah, I mean, it kind of, it all started like... I remember the release of the game. That was where my interest in it mm-hmm. kind of started because yeah. I was running a website at the time and we was covering yeah. the release of it and everything and everybody was giving it 10 out of 10. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, right. It's a, it's a knockout Zelda game. And I'd never played a Zelda game at this point. It's, and wild. it's wild to think about too. 
the thing that changed it was uh james stephanie sterling is a youtuber critic mm. who people may or may not know gave the game a seven out of ten and got absolute shit <laughs> like the the internet came after them yeah. with a vengeance um and there were some people who were giving decent arguments and then other people were like shitting on my game they're just being like fucking <laughs> dicks that was um, a great uh that was, that was perfect yeah. Yeah, exactly good, what uh, they sound like that was a great so, impression yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when i was um i think it's like 20 no it would have been 2021 i was at my nans for christmas mm. and i never bothered playing breath of the wild because i hadn't played a zelda game and obviously we came and did uh play along the very first game we did was ocarina mm. and it kind of introduced me to zelda and i was like okay now i want to see more my uncle was like do you want to borrow my copy and my reaction was just like yeah yeah fuck it why not i'll give it a go okay <laughs> <laughs> i guess this is fine i guess it's an okay game to play might as well check it out yeah and it was it was a little bit difficult to kind of measure the expectations going in i won't lie because oh, everyone's so, yeah you had all this everyone's hyping it up and yeah. exactly yeah so i i was going into it kind of expecting to be not really mind blown but to be like oh okay this is a really good game mm. um and I, um, I don't know it wasn't <laughs> it was <laughs> right it was, off the bat it was a very mediocre wow. experience and i kind of i managed to tune out a lot of the praise online that i had heard and also mm. tuned out the criticism and i kind of just went in and was like okay yeah this is if there's gonna be any game that i play in 2022 that i need to go in with a neutral opinion this is the game because yeah. like it or not it was extremely pivotal for the games industry and you know it kind of completely changed nintendo's game plan when it came to how they made their games and completely mm. changed like they're never going to be able to go back to a zelda that's linear like a do you know what i mean they're never going to be able to go back to like because they were never truly linear but they're never going to be able to go back to the zeldas how they were do you know what i mean like you're never going to yeah. be able to go back yeah. to like a skyward sword or, or a wind waker or whatever People it's like, gonna... it's like a side series or something i feel like all the main games will have some yeah. implementation of breath of the wild's formula going from going here forward a hundred percent and it's yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens after the sequel yeah. because obviously the sequel will be in the same vein because it's the direct sequel but it'll be interesting to see what's going to come on afterwards but there was definitely uh, i don't know if it's right to say there was a lot of pressure to like the game but there was definitely almost like like jared's just like, like a, you're off the podcast yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> would you like to replace ben because we're looking for a third again no ben so i have, I have an issue I have, so hearing this opinion and i completely understanding and accepting of both sides of this i think it's a fascinating yeah. game to talk about but mm -hmm. so are you gonna play the sequel Ooh, I'm, yeah, that's not an answer that i knew yeah i'm i'm really on the fence i'm really really on the fence um fascinating. 
because to be honest, I haven't seen any of the promotional art or any of the trailer or anything for the sequel. We so hardly have. There's, there's, also, there's not much exactly. <laughs> yeah, as I say, I, I know there's been like bits and pieces, but they've been very yeah. secretive about what it is and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I I don't see the need for a sequel. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion. I feel like Breath of the Wild, yeah, summed up pretty regularly for a Zelda game. Yeah. Um, at the minute, I'm on the fence. Once we know more, I think I'll make a decision. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. As much as I don't want to, I don't want to float Jared's ego. But having introduced me to Zelda has made me want to play more of the Zelda games. Um, yeah, you're welcome. I I enjoyed Wind Waker a lot more than Ocarina. Um, yeah, I I'm really enjoying Link's Awakening, even though it is a fucking hard game to play. But I'm really enjoying Link's yeah. Awakening. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of have a taste for it. Um, Zelda's weird, isn't it? Like even the shit zelda games general, are good it's, it's it's weird yeah even even the bad ones still have this this charm to it and this this i yeah. don't know this feeling behind it it's interesting um kai i i know you're well let's 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 cut in someone who enjoys breath of the wild okay let's do it colby tell me your kind of first impressions and how you were feeling on breath of the wild so breath of the wild was my first ever zelda game so I dare oh, I say it was the first real video game I ever played because prior to that it was Minecraft and Call of Duty with the boys. But mm -hmm. this was kind of like my first individual experience with like a story. Like I use story very lightly, but a game yeah. with a story and and like I guess like features that allow for exploration. Because mm -hmm. so kind of like my first like real video game in that sense. And so it could have went either way, honestly. Where I was like. What yeah, is mm -hmm. like what is so I was on the opposite side of Ben who was like Link's Awakening is great and I play Link's Awakening I'm like what the fuck is this what do you mean <laughs> I have to what do you mean I, I, I have to I can I, crazy game yeah I'm like what do you mean I have to go get it. this item to beat this dungeon what are you talking yeah, about I'll put what? I'll put yeah. an asterisk on it and say it's great because I'm playing with a walkthrough if I didn't have the walkthrough it'd Same. be hot dog shite I, exactly. yeah I have I have yet to finish it for that exact reason I I I, I got to let go of my pride there and just experience the mm -hmm. whole thing with a guide but. Yeah. I I fucking love this game. I, I really do. Um, yeah. Just for a lot of for a lot of personal reasons, like it just mm. it kind of like a right place, right time kind of thing, and it's kind of become that game where, like even right now, like when you know life has ups and downs, and when we're more so in the downside of things, this is a game I like to turn to for that sense of relief. Yeah. But mm -hmm. just it it really was like a it's a. It's a very Disney, Disney princess ass way of saying it, but it was like a magical experience. It really was. Like yeah. I, I loved everything about it. Exactly, I loved everything about it. Uh, I, I've played it through on master mode multiple times. I've, mm. I've, com I've completed the compendium. I've done all that stuff. I've. This is really just a game that grabbed me, and I'm so happy there's a sequel. Like it's been my most anticipated <laughs> game for years now. I'm, oh, I feel it, man. I, I'm I, so, I can't. I, I need it already. I can't freaking wait to play it. I'm kind of like at this point in my life, the delays don't bother me because you know what's at yeah. this point. What's like ten years away from now? Like who cares? Yeah. But yeah, exactly. I, so I, question. I, I, yeah, go for it. No, go on. No, go. No, go on. You carry. No, on. I, I, I was, I, I was, you know, kind of just come up with words on the spot. So go for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was, I was just curious because, like, I mean, from what I remember of like the list off episode and stuff, it was safe to say that Breath of the Wild is like your favorite game that you've played like the top tier kind of yeah it's it's it, I, I funny like funny story when i first got it um like 
that Christmas weekend in 2017. I remember the title card and like the soft music playing. And mm-hmm. I, I said out loud in my living room, like, yeah, this is the greatest game ever made. Like, I was just convinced, <laughs> like, five minutes in. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. There, okay, there's, so been, how did, there, there's been nothing better. So how did you end up owning a Switch? Because mm-hmm. uh, Breath of the Wild came with most of the Switches, right? Yeah. Like, it was yeah. kind of like a package deal you could get. Yeah. So how did you go from Minecraft and COD with the boys to owning a Switch and playing Breath of the Wild? So I had always had an interest right. in, like, Nintendo properties, like Tyler, yeah. I told the story um, on Unlockables whenever that episode comes out. But Tyler's been my best friend, like my co-host since li- literally the day I was born, and mm-hmm. like I've known him my yeah. entire life. And he's always been like I, I don't want to use the word nerd, but I can't think of a substitute. So Tyler, I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> he's he's, he's, he's always G. appreciated video games exactly. as art and all that stuff. So whenever I saw him, mm-hmm. like that's, that was our common interest. But you know, I kind of, you know, you kind of hit that point in your life where you take like a break from video games, and that point it kind of happened to me because I suck at first-person yeah. shooters, and, and like the the, fun <laughs> of being with the, boy, the boys are so competitive, so the fun of playing with them wasn't outweighing the fact that I suck and wasn't enjoying it, and getting yeah. like yeah, getting hard scoped on Nuketown. That, that I was I was kind of over that, but <laughs> ah, good times. Yeah, so I. Long story short, I played Breath of the Wild for the first time on, ironically enough, my uncle's Switch, like you uh that same christmas year and i played it for like mm. 20 minutes i'm like yeah i need a switch to, to play this so uh, that christmas- oh, so just from the get-go you was like i need to buy one mm-hmm. and like yeah so from the get-go yeah i well i wanted to get back into gaming and you know i i, I knew that you know i just accepted the point that i like because high school it's tough because you come out and you say that you like pokemon and nintendo it's kind of like what the fuck are you talking about but mm-hmm. I, I i'd come to grips with like who who cares like i enjoy what i enjoy so i that christmas i actually asked for a 3ds and pokemon ultra moon and then i played mm-hmm. the switch and then i got the i got the ds for christmas so i traded in that and the game for <laughs> Breath of the wild and switch Never, um, never experiencing I, Gen 6 or 7, whichever one it is. I know I'm yeah. dunking on Breath of the Wild in today's episode, but you dodged a good fucking bullet there, I think, man. I think you made the right choice. Uh, I think so. I, I think so, too, for, for multiple yeah, compared, reasons. Compared but, between the two, the Switch and, and Breath of the Wild are probably better experience than the 3DS and Ultra Moon. Yeah, like, I, I opened up the 3DS, and I'm like, where's the receipt? Like, I was just waiting for the <laughs> You're like, where can, I, where can I return this at? I'm can like, I, perfect. This, I'm like, this is great. I can turn this in for, uh, for a Switch. But, yeah, I mean, I... It really it was just a, a place in time kind of moment for me. Like I'll I'll forever be yeah. appreciative of it. And it's just like I know we're gonna hear arguments on both sides today. Some arguments I agree with, some I disagree with, but I'm still I'm still gonna <laughs> walk out of here. I, I'm still yeah. gonna walk out I'm still gonna walk out of here it's ha- having it be my favorite game. So we don't, yeah. that's not gonna Not if I have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I You can try. You got you've gotta respect like the ability for people to look back at a game that's fond in their heart and be able to be like yeah okay it's not perfect like when we did yeah, 100%. when we did yeah when we did metal gear like it was very hard for me not to just be like this is the fucking best game like this is because yeah. you you know it's not a perfect game it has a lot of flaws and it has and a lot of weaknesses and it's hard to separate those emotions especially when they're like nostalgic like from your childhood i mean even when we just did wind waker i love wind waker and think it's probably one of my favorite zelda games but even when we played through it like Oh, it the has its flaws. Definitely well, the, game, the GameCube version <laughs> is definitely worse, but the the Wii U version in its entirety, like it has its flaws. The pacing mm. is terrible towards the end. Like you have so much momentum, and then it kind of just falls off. And like you said, being able to kind of look at those games in a more objective, critical view, 
it's hard sometimes because there's a lot of emotional mm. attachments to them and there's definitely some with breath of the wild too especially but. like with with colby and like yeah that that experience of like like the sit that i know it was not obviously for you it was your first game but for me that kind of experience yeah. was breath of the, uh, not breath of the wild fucking last of us when i played yeah, last of us yeah. for the first time that completely changed my outlook on games and completely yeah it's what way what made me want to start the website and what made me was like okay this is an art medium this is it's what you know, made you a gamer like the same thing for yeah. me it's what made me appreciate yeah it, it kind of yeah yeah i mean i i fully went from like playing metal gear as a kid i went into more adult games yeah after metal gear but then after the last of us that's when similar to like you were saying i kind of started to accept it more i was like i don't give a fuck who knows mm-hmm. i'm a gamer because like look at this anyone says anything i could just be like right. look at the last of us like look at well, this it makes you like look at gaming in a different viewpoint too like especially after doing things like the last of us you're like oh my god like the the, mm-hmm. the narrative with it and the emotional Im- impact that it does it makes you look at other games in a different light now that you have this experience under your belt but let's hear from kai I'm yeah. interested to hear Kai's Kai, your uh, first impressions because you had you had you played a bunch of Zelda games with me throughout the year. So what are your first impressions? Yeah. I mean, I've played a bunch of Zelda games with you. I've played Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask by myself. Mm-hmm. I've have a long catalog of different games, Nintendo and and otherwise that I've played through before uh, experiencing Breath of the Wild. Um, I mean, I think I've been through most of Breath of the Wild at least like three times now at this point with you playing through it and the initial time we played through it. So I remember the hype around this game coming out and I remember people being very excited for Zelda and I do not necessarily get hype about games unless they're indie games that I think are going to do something interesting. And so positive reaction from a large group of people i'm always skeptical of of being like this is gonna be fucking great it's here and it's like shoulder hips they're telling you like yeah exactly i'm like yeah okay there's way too many people who are into this the same thing with animal crossing when that shit popped off during quarantine it's like it's an ass game it's not even a good building sim like can we stop (laughs) fucking around and pretending that this is good it's it's a good game it's nowhere near as good as people say it's highly overrated if you're in the farming sims hardcore like kai does it's not gonna it's not gonna exactly you talk about which is, which is a lot of yeah, yeah i mean which exactly. is a lot of my argument with with breath of the wild too is it's like i've played a lot of games that do one part of breath of the wild better or another part of breath of the wild better so in the realm of comparison that's where things yeah. get you know hazy um but yeah i mean i played through this game i thought it was fine it wasn't mind-blowing it didn't change my life i'm not you know a fucking mormon or whatever people came out of this game uh religious conversion um it's not a particularly good zelda game as far as the canon of zelda and the mechanics of what you would traditionally expect a zelda game to be it's very different and that in itself is is interesting and fun to talk about and i'm sure we'll get into that but um yeah yeah i mean i've played every zelda game i think at this point i don't think you played this on release yes well close enough yeah. Okay. Right. Jared played on release. Yeah, I, I played, played it with Jared. Probably played like a couple months later because you were in college mm-hmm. during this time. So it's yeah. like the next time you came and visit, it's probably summer times when you played it. It's maybe like five months after release. Yeah. Also, yeah. to the to the to the nerd stereotype of, <laughs> I never had that problem. I was always surrounded by a people who played video games, but b like, I was the least into it. 
out of everyone I knew and we had grown up with. And especially in high school, like my friends were way more into the shit than I ever was. I was much more into the art side of things and looking at film and looking at like photography and and doing like graphic design and stuff like that. But so my genesis of talking about video games, I mean, came from my relationship with Jared and just like trying to connect with the artistic side of things and being like, okay, this is stuff I really care about is like, you know, graphics and art and working out how to tell a story through art. And so I mean, I don't know if Breath of the Wild played any role in that, but uh, definitely just uh, me shitting on this game relentlessly for the past five years or however long it has been out has caused many uh, wonderful conversations. About I, I, I feel like we've had, me and you personally have had the Breath of the Wild conversation like a hundred oh, times. So over. many times. Every car trip yeah. we take, exactly. we at least talk about it a little bit. Anytime I'm alone with Kai, I'm like, can I convince him that this game is great? <laughs> can I talk to you about God? Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, usually it comes up because we we'll go through the list of like top 100 games of the decade or whatever, and then it will inevitably always be on there for some goddamn reason, and I'll have to mm-hmm. be like they're wrong uh, because <laughs> Slime Rancher isn't even on these lists, and I mean that's just here we go. That's are you getting to see soon? I know. I'm very excited, uh, but yeah, I feel so, like at some point my- we definitely need to talk about the the Nintendo Pass and and how oh, yeah, Nintendo exactly. just yeah, gets about that. Um, and it just but, gets away with it. But yeah, yeah, so Jared, you're the last one, buddy. <sighs> yeah. Um, you're the PAP resident Zelda fan and the PAP Nintendo yeah. boy, so... I mean, uh, now I can go back and I can look at some of the... I can hear the defense, the other side, and the viewpoints of why this game is in a 10 and a 10. I can recognize those. Like, I understand for a lot of people, it isn't a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Going into my first impressions and playing this, I mean, it's hard to take, at least reflecting on that, it's hard to take the emotional side out of it because there was so much emotion playing this game for the first time. Like, as cheesy as it is, I remember watching the trailer, the first big gameplay trailer right before its release and following this game from its entirety and all the delays and everything and, like, getting teary-eyed watching that trailer. Being That, like, first, that trailer in two months before it can't hold, I still watch that to this day. Uh, 100%. There's some times where I'll go back and watch that trailer again and be like, wow, this was that moment in y'all time. Know, y'all know there are like animes to watch and like Netflix. No, no, no. We'll just watch the Breath of the Wild reveal trailers over, <laughs> over again. Leave us um, alone, damn it. Exactly. <laughs> I love that you're beginning an impartial argument by being like, I have an emotional connection to the trailer of this game. So right, no, like, yeah, no, I, I was I mean, saying, it's like, a franchise near and dear to him. Like, yeah, yeah, and I was saying that I can reflect on that. But if I'm talking about those first impressions and going into that game for the first time, there was this big emotional aspect to it. I mean, in, in the very beginning, when you're coming out of like the cave and you get to see the Great Plateau in its entirety, like that big vista that you can see. And immediately the game just opens you up and is like, do whatever you want. And I hadn't experienced that for a while in other open world games before. Um, And like you said, there's already Legend of Zelda is already a franchise that I hold like near and dear to my heart. It was one of those games that I played for the first time. Ocarina of Time as a kid is kind of what introduced me to video games and got me hooked into like, okay, I like playing video games. And they're more than just like either fun with friends or party games like they can be a sense of adventure and a sense of exploration and i hadn't i think for a lot of people they had that played ocarina of time as their first game hadn't had that feeling in games for a very long time 
And Breath of the Wild was the first time that I had that sense of like curiosity, like genuine curiosity while exploring an open world that I hadn't got with games like Skyrim or with Fallout or or anything like that. And I think it being a Legend of Zelda game obviously helped propel that interest because it's a franchise that I have been with my entire life. But it, it was just something that I hadn't had before in any other game. Just this this mm-hmm. need and want to explore and find new things. Can I ask a question? Because I'm curious. Because yeah. obviously, this wouldn't this wouldn't apply to to Colby because yeah. he sort of played it a lot later in life. But yeah, how much of your love of Breath of the Wild <clears throat> is the fact that Breath of the Wild is what you imagined Ocarina was when you were a kid? I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely something that contributes to it because I think that's one of the conversation points and one of the things that people point at is like, this is what I thought Ocarina of Time was going to be. Like, this is, as a kid, as a smaller Jared, this is what Ocarina of Time was. And obviously, as games uh-huh. develop, we look back at Ocarina of Time and it feels derivative to kind of games that we have now. But Breath of the Wild was that for an adult version of myself. And it's like, this is another yeah. version of that. So yeah, I mean, absolutely, it played into it. I don't know if um so like I'm I'm curious as well how much <clears throat> Colby's love of the game is from how impact it was how impactful it was for him as like mm-hmm. your first kind of quote unquote real game. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah. I, I admit admittedly a lot. Like when I look when I look back at this game and when I first played it with first impressions, it, it definitely was yeah. that, you know, this was this it had a very special connection to me like from a family standpoint like it was the first video game i'd ever played where everyone in the room like stopped and was like looking and like what is this i'd I'd never had that happen to me before like i don't really necessarily have like my family's video gamers i'm like the only one so yeah we're all a bunch of health freak fanatics and and athletes so you know (laughs) playing so a video game grabbing our attention is you know like that's something that was like i looked around i'm like oh shit like everyone's looking at what i'm doing right now is this five foot elf like this is cool but (laughs) (laughs) you know hearing like described as a five foot elf is is amazing (laughs) that's how i'm gonna talk about it from now on but i yeah a lot of it's definitely you know emotional and like looking back on it and all that stuff but at at its core if you remove all that I, i genuinely think this is a great game is it 10 out of 10 probably not like critically mm. but it, I, it, it, but is it a seven no like i think it's a little higher than that but like I as far mean, as favorite it, ga- as far as favorite games go this is my favorite game ever which is different it can like, be that, a that's a different criteria it can be a 10 out of 10 and not be perfect like it's it, I like that's that's one thing that like when people hear 10 out of 10 they think that the game is flawless and it's like no right. like like last of us part mm. one for me is a 10 out of 10 but it has, it has janky ass AI and it has same way other issues with it. Same Absolutely. Way and me. I think that's what makes a game like a perfect game to the individual is if like you can recognize the flaws to it, right? But in at least your first experience, your experience playing through it, those flaws did not hinder your entire experience. Like I, mm-hmm. I hear all of the debates on what makes Breath of the Wild not a 10 and 10. And I agree. Like those are like poor points, but like nowhere in my experience with playing through Breath of the Wild for the first time did any of that ever hinder my experience make me think, eh, this is an okay game. Like the See, other things built it up so much where it was those those little things didn't even matter to me. A lot a lot of my issues with the game, we'll get onto them more later on, but a lot of my yeah. issues with the game come from people who 
hold up Breath of the Wild and go look at what this game did that no other game ever did before. I agree and you're like, with this. really? Yeah. Like you, you're trying to say Breath of the Wild was the first open world game and Breath of the Wild was the first game to have ex- environmental storytelling and like it's yeah it's not as innovative as people make it out to be and that's kind of like my main issue with the game mm-hmm. the game itself was fine i definitely don't dislike it as much as kai does um i do <laughs> you're always the you're always the point of contention like i don't hate it as much as that guy hates it yeah i love that i'm the baseline for the worst <laughs> I, feelings towards this game. I, I feel like i feel like you have very very <clears throat> strong opinions on yeah. disliking this game i, I have very my strong, strong opinions come from exactly what you're talking about which is right. i hate yeah. when people can't look at something critically and instead right. go i like this thing because it makes me right. feel good i mean even in talking about it yeah, even talking to you about it, Kai, it's like it's less about the game itself and that's the people that refuse to acknowledge some of the bad things with it that are like, this is a 10 out of 10 and you're a bad person and you're wrong and you're, you know, they're, they're not looking at these aspects. Of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's that more conversation. Yeah. That's it's also the, about the, it. this is a 10 out of 10. It's a perfect game. That is the line. It's not just that it's yeah. a 10 out of 10. This is, this is peak right. gaming. This is a so perfect you have game. To, you no, have to, <laughs> I have context points. after that perfect game yeah. add mm-hmm. to me. Like, this is a perfect game to me. It might not be a perfect game, yeah. but for me personally, it, this is a perfect game. I don't... Yeah, sure. Anything can be perfect to an individual. I don't care about that shit. Like, mm-hmm. you can have a perfect game. You can make a game that works flawlessly, that is an incredible experience. Within a genre, mm-hmm. it can be a 10 out of 10. Yeah. I'm not interested in talking about art from the perspective of an individual. Like, yeah. of course, people out there love fucking paintings that I hate all yeah. the time. And people, my, my fiance does not understand why I like fucking modernist art. She can't, she just does not yeah. understand it. And that's fine. Like, I, I'm not mad at that. But I can objectively look at something and go, this is why this works from yeah. a, like, artistically scientific perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's my issue with Breath of the Wild is people have these road tinted glasses where they're just like, it's Zelda. It's this yeah. game. And it's like, yeah, it's but the what Nintendo about all pop, of these holes it? that exist within it? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Kai's, well, a, Kai's issue with Breath of the Wild Nintendo stems class. from... Kai's issue with Breath of the Wild stems from Twitter people with Koroks as their profile picture more so than the game itself. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Fucking the, the Twitter guys coming out and talking about how this game's amazing. <laughs> There's yeah. also big issues, like, in terms of the fact that... <laughs> It always baffled me that Nintendo made this massive story arc, three timelines spanning from Ocarina of Time, and then they made Breath of the Wild that fits into none of that fucking timeline whatsoever. And to this day, we don't know where it comes in. I think canonically, it's like two thousand years in the future. It's like it's like so far in the future, it's irrelevant. They that that. Uh, ha- yeah, quotes. So like, who, who the fuck knows what the Zelda timeline is? Yeah. I'm not even sure if Miyamoto and they they know, but exactly <laughs> so- that, that was the biggest thing is none of them even really know. I mean, the, the games only have like a linear look at it when you look at the like the Hyrule Historia, which came out mm-hmm. after skyward sword and after people demanding for some kind of timeline of where these games lined up i don't even think like you said miyamoto when thinking about this had any kind of like intention of having these be in a timeline but because people were I so thirsty to, for a timeline they're like we need to know I where this starts to, and where this begins i have to wholeheartedly disagree with that you can't say to me that the timelines weren't meant to interject when the wind waker law states that ganon is the same ganon from ocarina 
You can't tell yeah. me that there wasn't meant to be an overarching storyline and they didn't know what was going on isn't when they were literally... Separate, isn't there two separate timelines? There's three. There's, yeah, so like, the, the, so that would that mean that that Ganon like can somehow traverse like timelines? Like he got the fucking Book of Vashanti from Multiverse of Madness and can just hop wherever he <laughs> so wants? So it, it, means, it means that in one of the timelines where Link didn't kill Ganon, he then he went on won. to become this wind yeah. waker. Gun. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's more if it's more like timeline thing or if it's like they wanted nods to other games. That's why other games have like right. items or people from the other games. It's like it's like fun throwbacks rather than this big overarching like timeline then, that they wanted. But then that just becomes that just becomes a monumental underestimate on Nintendo's part, you know, like they no, completely missed the ball and yeah. unintentionally created yeah. this timeline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the timeline thing doesn't like if the game was good by itself, right? If it stood up as a story, the hero's journey of the beginning and the middle. <laughs> this is part of his Colby's soul is just breaking every time a guy talks about the game. Could, it doesn't matter that the timeline exists. The I timeline part is fan service. You just yeah, want to exactly. make a bunch of fucking Nintendo nerds wet. Like, that's all you care about. You're like, I, oh, I, look, a fucking tree. And you're like, oh, that's sick. The story has to make sense by itself, though. Separate yeah. of, of the timeline, separate of the other fucking Zelda games. You shouldn't have to have context from previous games. The mistake they made is that they tied the experiences of this game to having flashbacks of a previous time and trying to explain that and connecting to, like, this nonsensical fucking plot that exists yeah. that you're just and, like, okay, this is what's happening. And this this will be one of my, my gripes that I have with Breath of the Wild. And one of the things that I can recognize too, for me, is the narrative. And I think because there was so much build up to this, you know, seeing trailers, seeing these this emotional score behind it, seeing characters being weak and showing emotion, like the the scene in one of the trailers where Zelda breaks down crying and falls into Link's arms, and even knowing the context of that, which is, you know, Zelda, her her point is to activate these powers with her, and it's up to her to figure to figure that out so she can defeat Ganon, and ultimately because she can't do that. People die, and it's her fault that people die. And That's having such a that cool emotional, idea. yeah, exactly. And having that emotional like weight to that is awesome. And seeing that in the trailer was really cool. But then, in in, in retrospect, playing through it, for one, the story is just these scattered memories that you're seeing, which you can experience out of order. I mean, I've gone through and I've played through the game where I do experience them in order, but it's still, it loses the urgency and it loses the weight because it is a past event that is happening. Seeing mm -hmm. Zelda fall into Link's arms and crying is like, yeah, that's emotional, but it's already happened. There's no urgency with it. There's no sense of like severeness to this narrative. And I think that it loses all of that because of it being memories instead of direct like events that are happening now. I, great. I don't even have to make my argument. <laughs> Jared's going to make him for no, me. I mean, out, out of everything, the story is where it falls off for me. I mean, Colby was going to say something. No, I'll, 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 put, I'll push back a little. I think the idea mm. of the narrative being told through memories is actually pretty cool. I actually kind of mm. like that. I do think the problem with on a first playthrough, though, is if you mm. go to that location where the memory 16, that memory you were talking about with Zelda crying yeah. in his arms, and you see that, and you're like, wait, so what the cool. hell? And then you see right. like a, then you see like a like memory nine where you know they're like, Zelda wants like Link to eat like a frog. You're like, what? What the hell? Yeah, is exactly. Happening right right what's happening so, here? Where's but, the where's the emotionalness? To but this? yeah, but I, I, I think that it does a nice, it does a little bit of a better job. Like I agree, the narrative like being experienced 
out of order, quote unquote, and the fact that yeah. it's already happened, kind of a letdown because that mm-hmm. trailer hyped up this big emotional story. Oh God, yeah, exactly. So I, I get the I get the disappointment there. I do think that the journals in DLC and the main yeah. game help a little bit with that. I think yeah. they add some weight, and I, I think that. some dialogue with like I, I actually think the Great Plateau does a good job of explaining like what happened and the story, but yeah, the pieces that the pieces don't necessarily all fit together super well. So it'll be interesting now that we're in the present time with the sequel, like what they're going to do, because right. they're obviously not going to do memories. Like right. So it's interesting, but it's, I do, I, I like the idea of it though. I, I do like the yeah. idea. I don't think the execution is fantastic, but yeah. I don't think this game's purpose was to tell a story at the end of the day. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to loop back to that. <laughs> you, you, can't just, you, can't just, you can't just say a game wasn't meant to tell a story. No, like, what do you I, mean? I kind of agree with Colby there too. And that's kind of why the purpose of the memories being memories was in it's the optional. first place. It's optional. It's optional. You can go through the entire game and never see one of those memories. the The main point is exploration and exploring this world. That is that is, that is the not, main purpose. Is that not sloppy storytelling? Like, hey, we've got all these memories you need to know to know the greater law, and you might miss them because the world is open world and you don't know where they are. Yeah. So you could finish. Like, I only ever found like three memories, if that. I ain't yeah. not got a fucking clue what the backstory of this game is at all, right. whatsoever. Well, see, kind of told you in the tutorial. Thing. Hmm? Did King Rome not say in the tutorial, like, look, we fucking failed. Can you go bail us out? Like, that's kind of the story. Yeah. Like, isn't all you really yeah, need to I, know? I, I understand that, but what I'm saying is I don't I don't understand these memories and the backstory leading up to like I, I know that Ganon yeah. is sealed above Hyrule and that's where Zelda like Hyrule Castle and that's where Zelda is and she's containing him and Link needs to But how we got there is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and so and like I, if you've got all of this greater lore and it's hid in an open world, that doesn't really make no, sense to I, hide it. I agree with you, and that's where my gripe comes with the story, that the story is not played out in a very well way because the intention for the game first is exploration and we want to be able to let the player do and go wherever they want. But we need to make sure we we sprinkle in this context throughout there. So, like, if you go, if you decide to go to the desert first, if you decide to go to Lanayru first, if you decide to go wherever first, you will find a little bit of narrative. And again, you cannot find it at all. So you'll you'll find a little bit of context to that overarching story, for sure. And that's where the art of making a game is mm-hmm. making sure you can tell a story with an open world which is like skyward sword for example you have a choice between three places you can go you can do them in any order you want the narrative maintains itself through those choices Mm. which is much more difficult at a bigger scale right if you're doing a fully open world then you need to make sure you design a narrative that can withstand a person making endless amounts of choices where they want to go yeah um it's convenient to go, this game wasn't meant to be a narrative, it's meant to be exploration. Exploration only works if you have two things. A story that makes you want to explore, and world building that gives you right. context into what you're doing. So like, right. I could drop someone in a sandbox, if they don't have a reason to do anything, they have no motivation, or they don't have a goal that they're going for, it doesn't fucking matter. They're not going to do anything. Yeah. They're like, alright, well this was cool for an hour. GTA sessions right. are a perfect example of that, right? You can play GTA with your friends, you're running around mm-hmm. stealing cars and beating up prostitutes, but it gets pretty stale after about two hours where you're just like, oh, okay, well, I've fucking killed seven hookers and I have a bazooka. I'm done. I'm bored now. Mm-hmm. That's what story does is it drives you toward an inevitable conclusion that feels very satisfying. And you're like, oh, okay, this is why I'm doing things I'm doing within this open world. This it is why feels, I should keep exploring. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. feels the 
the memories would have been better off being set pieces that were guaranteed in the plot. Like my opinion Kinda of like the game, the divine beasts. Like when you get towards yeah, divine beasts, yeah. you have a narrative that plays out. Yeah. Also, you know, a fucking that whoever drew the fucking Gerudo champion, the Gerudo champion. What the fucking what's their name? Oh, uh, 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 Jesus, Urbosa, why am I Urbosa, Urbosa. Yeah. Whoo. Give that man a good hot, hot, heavy, those <laughs> thick thighs. Also, and the great gave the intern that job that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it just it just feels like obviously they wanted this story to come across in memories, and they mm. wanted people to understand the background and the not just because the game isn't just about what happened to Hyrule. It's also about the bonding between Link and Zelda. You know, there are lots of passages about yes. how Link wouldn't open up to Zelda and then she worked out he liked food, so she was getting him to open up with meals and things like that. And yeah. they're, they're trying to, like, yeah, like he's a dog or something. They're trying to, like, <laughs> they're, they're trying to create this backstory that I feel is going to play very heavily into the sequel, but mm. it doesn't make sense to lock, not necessarily lock that, but to hide that in this massive open sandbox. Yeah. That I do agree with. Like, if they were yeah, set, absolutely. if they were, like, set points, like, almost like where the game, to use the Final Fantasy VII example, where, like, the game literally stops to play, like, a scene, like, yeah. I mm. think that would serve this game a little bit better. Right. Well, sure. you, even more so because not only are these, like, random memories scattered about Hyrule, they're also hard to find. Like, you, you eventually get unlock the, the Sheikah Slate that shows you pictures of them, but they're not easy. You have to purposefully go out of your way and search for these. And even in times, like, there's the one that's facing uh, Dueling Peaks. And even that is, like, you have to oh be my right God, close to impossible. it where it shows the little sparkle. But it was impossible for me to try to find where that memory was. Yeah, I mean, if you would have replaced the tower mechanic with finding memories and then those memories unlocking areas of the map because then you suddenly remember that area from your yeah. past, there you go. Mm. There's a narrative reason you've remembered. Or <laughs> even when you're activating the no, towers, as you're, as you're exploring, as the more the, the map opens up, more of Link's memory opens up. So every time you unlock a tower, you get a new memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one or the other. I think we should well, even even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. or even even have like that backstory explained by the champions rather than that like because they have kind of flashbacks when you defeat the divine like when you defeat the Cal calamity ganon in the divine beast you have yeah like a small flashback, a flashback with each champion. champion but to ha you could have the ghost of the champion maybe sort of prompting link to remember certain parts and then that in turn like you said could even open up new areas on a map or could do yeah. whatever it's just it's very weird to have this central plot broken up into parts that are then hidden in remote areas yeah. of an open sandbox and that's why i'm excited for this sequel one of the reasons aside from playing more breath of the wild and experiencing that game again a more a hopefully more truncated not truncated but a more concrete story like these events are happening now and it's not like we're thinking back 100 years ago and what's happening then the events are happening now and the story is playing out now zelda is with us and we are experiencing this calamity or malice or whatever in the present and i'm excited mm. for that narrative and that sense of urgency happening currently because even like the story with outside of the memories the story of you know zelda is in hyrule castle and she's holding back the calamity as much as possible 
you can go there immediately and try to fight Ganon, or you can spend the next 40 plus hours exploring the world, and then you just, again, lose that kind of sense of urgency that Zelda's holding back, uh, clammed Ganon the whole time. The fact that I defeated this game without the Master Sword was mind-blowing to me, and I don't know how it sits with me. Like, as someone who's only ever played, like, three Zelda games, I'm like, it's the Master Sword. I can't slay evil's bane without the sword that allows me to slay <laughs> evil's bane like, yeah it's just yeah, that, that just it was a weird choice to me and I, I know that that's such a small and minute point it doesn't take anything away from the game yeah for me it was just strange to not have the master start yeah i, I don't know because obviously it playing this in my mind playing it for the first time is i'm going to experience like i literally did everything i possibly could before fighting ganon i explored every like inch is of that map as possible that i could and i'm still finding new parts playing going into subsequent playthroughs before i fight ganon and, and end the story so like it was natural that i ran into the woods and i ran into the deco tree and the the master sword and then eventually went back to get more hearts for that but it would my natural progression led me to the master sword i don't understand as well what 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 are they gonna do in the sequel story it's a good like <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong like the the game ends with link using the light arrows to uh weaken ganon enough that zelda can then permanently trap him in wherever yeah well like every other zelda game they don't do a very fucking good job of capturing ganon and i'm sure he gets back out and there then she, and then she's like do you remember me and he's like yeah totally like of course i, I do i also want to say we're talking a lot about the story and i and the lack of a story in this game for the most part but like but the gameplay if, sucks too. If this yes, <laughs> if the story was the if the story still existed the exact same way it was, and all of the other mechanical and environmental design issues were fixed, I would be less angry at this game. I'd be like, so, I get why people like it. I don't think gone the the story in tandem with a bunch of other stuff is what does it for me mm -hmm. i will i'm willing to forgive the story for a lot of the same reasons that you guys talked about for the reason that it's like yeah, it's not trying to be something that's challenging or interesting for yeah. a certain set of people. It's supposed to be broadly appealing. It has to be able to be played by a kid who's like five years old and someone who's 50 years old. And that's very hard to do successfully telling a complicated story. And so like, I'm willing to be like, okay, it's Zelda. Zelda's never had a good story. There's not any of them that is like, oh my God, my life has changed from this story. Like, no, they have the narrative design of a fucking eight-year-old. Like, it's fine. I'm. It's okay. I understand that that's their market. But, like, they could have done so much better. I hope they do better. I hope they, they do something with the second one that's different, that's not just the same. Hero's Journey of Ganon is bad. We must bane the evil darkness and so hope Zelda rise. To, to back yeah. up what you're saying, my brother recently messaged me and was like, hey, Far Cry 5 is on Game Pass. Do you want to do a co-op playthrough with me? Now, I kind of have this whole notion where I'm like, I've played Far Cry 3, so therefore I have played 4, 5, and 6 because they all the exact fucking same. Yeah. And that's that's not Ron. Like, Philip and Nave, they went and played Far Cry 6, and they were like, you know, this it's the exact same as 3. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> I want to go and play that game with my brother because that game is batshit crazy and the mechanics of that game and yeah. what you can do in that world 
will be fun to do with someone else. So I don't care about the story. I don't give a fuck about who we're saving. Like it was like what some American cult or something. I can't even remember. But yeah. like I want to play it. The gameplay is drawing me in, and I think that you know if the I, I didn't like the gameplay of the game. I'm, I'm sure we can get into it now. Like you know, yeah, to, weapon to durability. Me, what? Like why? To me, the Stamina, gameplay why? in Breath of the Wild is fantastic. I and I think that the Great Plateau is probably the best tutorial that any game has ever done. Oh, thank God. I have the same thing in my notes. (laughs) The Great Plateau is... So what Breath of the Wild is trying to do is encourage exploration and and encourage curiosity and doing... Are you talking about the pervy old man? Yeah, I'm talking about the pervy (laughs) pervy old man. This game is supposed to encourage curiosity and exploration. So we lock you behind not being able to explore or be curious the immediately first thing you do. See, that's me, your argument the great plateau i thought was the entire game i i, I when i got to the great plateau with, for for the first time i was convinced that that was the game everything around is just, just you know set dressing yeah. and this was the entire game this is and, zelda yeah but yeah it, exploring that entire there's so many things that are on the great plateau that people miss and don't experience mm-hmm. for one the, the great plateau is massive it's huge and as you meet the old man and continue down his uh, path of, you know, opening the shrines and slowly unlocking more powers with the the Sheikah Slate, you also are exploring. You're also learning how this world works. You know, one of the shrines are in the snowy area. And you learn when you get there that weather is something that you're going to have to take into consideration. So you try going up there, you realize that you're cold. You have multiple ways of doing this. You could eat food that warms you for a certain amount of time. You can make recipes. You learn that you can cook, and there's different ways of tackling different issues. You learn learn that you can talk to the old man. You can get the warm doublet if you do his quest, and that's a way for you to get up there. You learn that if you fall in the water, you can freeze. You learn that if you chop down trees, they can create bridges to get into other areas. It's just, it, it constantly rewards your exploration and anything that you think you can do, whether it's like, yeah, like I said, cut down that tree to make a path to the other side. The game allows you to do that and it encourages that exploration. Colby, how do you feel about the Great Plateau? Back me up here. So I see Ben and I see Ben and Kai like laughing and they don't agree. I'm not. I'm not. I'm no, just. I, 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 I want to talk about the cooking in this said. game. So oh. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with everything you just said. I think the Great Plateau yeah. is. I don't think they could have done a better job setting you up for what the rest of the game's going to be. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think you're. I don't think you're necessarily boxed in. You technically are, but I don't think you're. you're I don't think what you, what you can do <laughs> is. I don't think what you can do is necessarily limited at the Great Plateau. Like mm. all the game's mechanics yeah. are, are there by the time you're done with it. And yeah, like I, yeah, and yeah. it's it's almost like training wheels. They're like, here, do everything. We're gonna teach you here. And then when you get that paraglider and you realize that this entire world you can explore, they're like you've you explored, you know these mechanics, now do them out in the real world. I, I hate to break it to you guys, but that's just a tutorial and they are in many, many video games. They this are, one but just be a longer tutorial. It's a good tutorial. I just want to say, when I played this game for the first time, I did not think the Great Plateau was the whole game. The thing I immediately did was went to the edge of the Great Plateau and go, well, I want to go over there. Why can't I go over there? And it's like, you oh, you can't me do if that I can yet. see it, I can go there. Yeah, it's just a big <laughs> cliff. And it's like, no, I want to go down there. That's where I want to be. I want to go all right. over there and in the you, mountains you and all not, that shit. You're not equipped to go there yet. You have to get your equipment to go there. 
I yeah, will it's, say it's an open world game. I was thinking Red Dead, where I literally could take a horse and ride from one edge of the map to the other edge of the map. In lots of open world games, there's lots of times where you dip into areas where you're not powerful enough and you die. And it's the same thing here. You're going into an area you are not prepared for, and then you no, fall. I, off the cliff. I, I'm I mean, not. I'm not saying this is a problem. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying from the beginning of the game that where it's like exploration is key. We're gonna lock you in yeah. a box. It can be a big box. You're still locked in a box. Also. The hard part about talking about this game and my gripes with it is like, I don't know when to bring this up, but Zelda fucking newsflash is a dungeon crawler. The whole fucking point of the game is to go into dungeons and to do puzzles and unlock them. And this game yeah. sucks ass at being a dungeon crawler. It was yeah. I was going to talk about the shrines <laughs> in a bit, but I did want to say I will, I will acknowledge the fact that the abilities that you have in this game and mm. the utility that you can do with them is brilliant. The ability to create yeah, like bombs, water, magnesis. Bomb. The, and the, the noise that happens when you do Revali's Gale almost makes up for all of the problems. <laughs> counterpoint, <laughs> counterpoint, the noise every time you open the map makes me want to turn the game off. It's a balance. It's, it's one every of the time other. you open that fucking map, it goes... Yes, it, it, it does. Yeah, Every single time. That, that is not something that even like occurred to me as being like a sound that was repeated over and over again. It's just, you open the map, that's what happens. Jared does have an incredible capacity to dealing with uh, what would be annoying to very intolerant people. So, <laughs> so I'm going to no, give, I, that's his superpower. I do, I do like the mechanics and yeah. I want to talk about the shrines because the shrines start off being really fun. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. But like outside of the tutorial-ish section, you know, because you get yeah. there and you're like, this is the Magnesis Shrine. This is right. the shrine. shrines that teach you how to use the equipment. Yeah. But then later on, you go to a shrine and they're like, get to this place. And you're like, okay, I need to, you know, I need to stasis this fin and then go down here and throw a bomb and, you know, put it in this fin and it shoots over there and do whatever. That is brilliant. But come like the 11th and 12th shrine i was like fuck i'm done this is merely but a warp point to me i don't care <laughs> yeah. about this anymore i mean i i can give you that for one there's a lot of shrines there there is quite a few of them to do and i will admit that not all of them are they're not all hits some of them i've played that are just like oh my gosh like the the a lot of the electricity ones are really cool and really intuitive and really force you to like think about things and then looking up like later like outcomes you realize that you could have done this like 50 different ways those are really cool there is mm. some that are monotonous that are a lot of just the same but i feel like you're right they don't compare to zelda dungeons yeah i don't know because it's like Obviously, they were going in a different direction. They're going away from what was traditionally Zelda, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. they want to try something different. They want to innovate. They want to do... I mean, it's the same thing with we had, like, Adventures of Link or anything. We had an idea of what Zelda was with Zelda 1, and they're like, let's try something new. And just because yeah. it was something new it doesn't mean it's necessarily not Zelda, you know? No, but the problem it is that they... necessarily mean it's good. The problem I is mean, that they is. innovated and then replicated and replicated yeah. and replicated. they were like we're gonna do short dungeons that are quick puzzles mm -hmm. the problem is is that they just hit control c and then put like 800 of them across the map and didn't change yeah. any of the environmental design of them um, it's weird that like because in zelda games normally what 
you do is that you over the course of the entire game collect powers right which you do in this game a little bit with the divine beasts and getting the powers of the the individuals before but like the magnesis and all of those powers just come from the sheikah slate right like that's the lore Mm -hmm. that they just get bestowed upon you which is strange because it's like you could have broken it up where like the first section of the game directly around you like just do it in concentric circles of like okay this one is going to be this power and then once you get out of this area you can find the other power and you won't be able to do those dungeons until you find the power and you're like oh shit okay Mm -hmm. i need this magnetic power how am i going to get this how does this connect to what's happening in the game how does this get me to the next step but instead you just get everything at the beginning and it's just like okay well i guess i got to just keep doing these over and over and over again so that i can get hearts or magic or it's just like it's more of an rpg element right where it's not like, yeah. it's not built in the story of the game. It's not built in the narrative. It's a collectible. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to do another one of these. I get a, I get a point and I get this yeah, I little want, orb. That's I want nothing more than like Breath of the Wild sequel to just be a Metroidvania. Like Link's lost his iPad and now he doesn't have any of his abilities. <laughs> That'd be funny. Just a bat swoops down, takes it, the Sheikah Slate from him. <laughs> oh, the fucking key scroll, the key scroll <laughs> my, my, my iPad. Uh, Colby, um, what are your thoughts on yeah, some I was of gonna the, say, like, uh, yeah. the, the things? I forgot what they're called. <laughs> the, the dungeons. Uh, the dungeons. Shrines. shrines. There we go. Shrines, runes. Um, I think the runes themselves, like, I, I hear your point and I agree to an extent with, like, yeah. it gets, you know, the runes themselves, like, getting them right away is kind of, like, defeats the purpose a little bit. But yeah. I also think that they're a great way of adding unique elements to the world. Like, the fact that mm. you don't have to be in a shrine to put an ice block on this lake and you can cross... Like my, a yeah. very prime example to me is I used Cranosis to get to the Wasteland Tower, which is the swamp area, which if you go in the swamp, you just sink yeah. to the bottom and die. I used that to get to mm-hmm. the tower. So it you use Magnesis to solve these Korok puzzles, not all of them because there's fucking a million, but most some of them you you use to solve these puzzles and move around these items and you can kill items using magnesis by like dropping a metal boulder on a bacab. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that's, that's done really right. well. Uh, the yeah. shrines, I just, from an art standpoint, I think the architecture and design of the shrines and the divine beasts, I, I fucking love them. I think they fit perfectly mm. into the world. And I think that it just adds a certain uniqueness to, to like this. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty colorful world, but it's also like an apocalyptic world. It's very empty and, you know, yeah. there's not a lot of life going on per se. So I think that, you know, having these, you know, cool looking shrines and divine beasts like you that essentially like are give you your power. I, I like that idea a lot. Are they the most intuitive designs and hard to complete puzzles? No, that's probably yeah. why I didn't like Link's Awakening because it's just, it's just <laughs> or not liking Link's Awakening because I, I have no idea. Like quests? I have no idea how to, and I'm not saying like Link's Awakening is bad. Just, or a, a can of dog food or yeah, you're just, you, it's just, you know, you're, you're talking to someone who's, this is my, this is my first Zelda experience. So as far as I know, this yeah. is what this franchise <laughs> this, is. This and is I know, normal. yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I know it's not, but I also am a lot more open and receptive yeah. to these new ideas because I've never experienced ideas of the past before. So yeah, the, the using, the, using the runes to traverse is fun. I will admit that, yeah. you know, like throwing down ice here and there to get across water or even like small things as well that aren't, I realized aren't runes, but like there's, um, Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but there's an area where you have to have like four orbs and you put them in a bowl and then yeah, thunder plateau. It's like a trot. That's it. Yeah. Mm. And 
the fact that I was running around with a sword and a shield on my back and that that was conducting lightning was yeah. a nice touch. I did like that because mm. then that made me change to like a, a Boko club. So it was wooden. I didn't conduct the lightning and get rid of the shield. Yeah. That was good. I'll admit right. that. That was a nice touch. I mean, I could see with the, the shrines, like the whole mentality, and I think Mario Odyssey did something similar with its moons. They wanted you to have that like sense of instant gratification always while you're doing things. And I know so obviously some of the uh, shrines are a little more difficult than others, but a lot of the other ones are just like quick, easy puzzles that you can just get done really quick. Like if you're well, having like a 20 minute session with Breath of the Wild, you run around, you get a couple orbs and then you're done. Well, even that, and like, I think Kyle will say something, but like, they, I don't think the strands of Kyle turns you off is that halfway through, they kind of just like gave up because a fourth of them are just blessings. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, fuck exactly. this. We've or done, or we've done like half of yeah. them are like either between weak or strong, like tests of strength. And yeah, exactly. Like, so, Someone so, like, had to design those and they were like, I'm fucking done with this dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it anymore. Oh, this was supposed, <laughs> to come out, this was supposed to come out in 2015. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I, mean, I will I mean, say way too many of these. Yeah, apparently, say, the guy who uh, was supposed to be designing shrines also got assigned characters because he must have given up on that uh, as I well was, with the uh, enemy diversity in this game. Uh, um, just yeah. seven different colored bokoblins is the only yeah. enemy that appears. I was, I was going to make a very small comment and say that shield surfing never got boring. Like I oh, fucking so love that. Surfing places is so much fun. That was fun. That was yeah, fun. That's fun. Um, I was going to talk about the divine beasts, um, but we could talk about enemies if you go if you want to go down. Well, that I mean, road. those kind of go hand in hand. You're usually battling yeah. enemies in the divine beasts. Yeah. One of yeah, my but... gripes with this game is, I think there's two spectrums of enemy diversity in games. You have Dark Souls on one hand, which has like some of the just endless fucking different types of enemies, and that's maybe a little bit too much. That's not my expectation for sure. Like, that seems like a lot. Like, it's hard to maybe keep track of what's going on. Breath of the Wild, I think, has like seven set enemies that just change colors. Mm, like, I can't like, 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 them this 25. But the, okay. the, is that though? Because you've sure. got the keys, and then it's like, oh, well, these are fun to keep. 25 feels high. I'm a guy yeah. on this. 25 feels a little high. And then you've got, you've got Macoblins, and then you've got the green Macoblins, and then you've got the skeleton Macoblins, and you've got the Lizaros, but then you've got Slither. Either way, you're, you're right. I was, I was counting all of those as different ones, but you're right. The, the, the skeletal and Lizaros, they're just like forms of the same thing that either have different yeah. abilities There's, or they have like different aesthetic to them. So you're, you're these right. giant <laughs> motherfuckers. Uh, I can't remember their Lionel. names. Lionels. Oh, Fucking Lionel. sick. Lionels are great. That's the best character in the game. It's terrifying. <laughs> For a large portion of the game, you can't beat them. They're the they're, they're, Lionel. You just play as a Lionel in the game instead of any of the other. Do you, ima why, when, do you imagine when Zelda pops out of Dark Beast Ganon's eye? She, she's a fucking Lionel, and Link's just nowhere to be found. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I am it's the terrifying. I, I will say in that instance where, like, obviously you run into like Bokoblins over and over again, you run into Keys, but when you get into some of these things like the Hinox, or when you run the into the Lionels, Lionels, yeah, those are like, oh, oh, damn, like these are. They mean business, I, the I had to Google the Lionel. Up. I had to Google it because the name didn't ring a bell. But these oh, fins, yeah. yeah, they scared the shit out of me. Especially and, if you play on master mode because there is a Lionel on the Great Plateau, which is never, never fun. Oh yeah, it's like it's like yeah, a gold no. Lionel too. You're like, I can't kill yep. you. Like there are so many fun enemies in the Zelda universe. So many, right? That didn't make it. Which mm. felt super weak. Like, where the fuck are Wiz Robes? Especially, oh, this Wiz Robes. Oh man, imagine. Are there? Yeah, they have. There's like yeah, there they're elements: ice, electric, ice, fire, fire. And ice, yeah. fire, like. Oh. oh well. well. 
But what I was going to say is like Deku Babas, the little plant That's guy. That's half a point, Dave. You're up to six and a half now. <laughs> we're going up a little bit, a little. That's right. Yeah, we got, we got, we're up to ten. If we keep going, my purpose is done. Uh, I've, I've changed his opinion. I'll see you guys later. Great episode. You're like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. no, but my, my I, only gripe was that there wasn't enough enemies. Now that I know there's Wizrobes, you know, it's fine. This is Kai, Kai was right. There's so many cool. I just looking at like Ocarina of Time enemies and some of the other ones they introduced. There's so many cool yeah, enemies they could have like introduced in here like deku scrubs or deku babas like having those run around the ground. ground yeah whoever decided to leave keys i don't remember them bro uh yeah, Kai, the, the whiz things that you you can like shield block whiz- back. oh yeah but they're like little grass ones now aren't they and well, there's grass ones there's, there's some in the water the there's some with chests on their yeah. head they're like fake chests yeah oh yeah Kai, the whiz robes the whiz robes are the enemies that drop the rods you know like the fire rod the ice rod that's the whiz robes i didn't yeah, know yeah. they were called whiz robes but yeah I didn't because whiz robes to me are from like fucking Breath Ocarina. of the Wild, not Breath of the Wild, from Ocarina, Ocarina and uh, yeah. like Wind Waker and stuff. All right, so yeah. speaking of enemy design, I agree with. I think I think we're all consensus here that's kind of lacking in terms of like how many there yeah. are. What do you guys mm-hmm. think of the Calamity Ganon design? Like Ganon as himself, or like the small calamities? Like yeah, are we, are we talking the big one, or are we talking I, like wind um, light? I, I, I mean, if we want to transition to Divine Beast now, because I feel like we hit that pretty pretty quick, we can talk about both. Like, I yeah. feel like they're kind of intertwined. I, I was thinking more of like the when he when you <laughs> when when you pierce like that big sack in the sanctum and he falls out. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, initially, it's obviously different than Ganon that we have seen before. He's very mechanical. He's very, like, almost artificial, it, it seems like, that he was, like, created. But, I, I mean, I think his design is cool. I miss having this, like, foreboding guy be the bad guy, though. Like, having Ganondorf be, like, this entity and being, like, because we don't really get any dialogue from Ganondorf. He's just evil. And maybe that yeah. leads into it where it's just, like, it's such a primal instinct that it's not even intentional, that this is just his malice, this is just his, how he yeah, works. Yeah, so, exactly. interestingly, as much as I hate this game, <laughs> Dude, fuck! Got bumped up to hate Jesus Christ! <laughs> I hate that. I went up half a percent, Ben is down to a two. I'm not like, this around. is the worst game ever made. <laughs> I, I should say, I meant, I meant as much as I'm hating on this game. Okay, so, okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't like, um... The water black Ganon and the thunder, but I didn't like mm-hmm. the small Ganons that you had in the Divine Beasts. Yeah, what are this they version of Ganon, Phantoms, the Phantom Ganons, the Phantom Ganons. Is it? Oh, okay, right. Them. Malorge. I always just called them like Thunderblight and Waterblight. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thunderblight's cool. I like Thunderblight a lot. Mm-hmm. He was all right. He was probably my favorite. He was the one that shoots the big spikes. You have to magnesis yeah, off and into fast. him. Right? He's the one that like dodges towards yeah. you and everything. Yeah, that was a um, fight. Yeah, this. This version of Ganon is probably my favorite, right? Because oh, interesting. in in my head, Canon, the way that I see it is that this version of Ganon isn't actually Ganon. It's like the essence of like the his evil and his, his hatred. Evil, yeah. And so the Ganon that we fight at the end in Hyrule Castle is that can't take a solid form. So that then fuses with the remnants of the Guardians and other fins that are left around yeah. in order to give him some sort of form to try and kill Link. Right. Which in my head, probably not what it is, but in my head I was like, that's fucking awesome. I mean, like, it, this it guy has so up. much hatred that, that it's up. like staying there. 
Yeah, it kind of works because, I mean, obviously we saw in Skyward Sword, Demise was the main character and Demise is what started this history of someone being born with the, you know, Triforce of Power and being evil. And that cloud, that entity is almost like the manifestation of Demise's curse now representing and going into kind of all these artificial things that are just left around. And what we get is the Ganon that we see in this in this. Such game. a good game. Good well, for Skyward Sword. Sword. Oh, it's- I gained the shit on relentlessly. Good game, same as Wind Waker, bad pacing. Yeah. I should, my, 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 my Zelda game should not be 50 hours long with bad pacing. But I, I yeah, I like this version of Ganon more yeah. than um, the, I mean, I've only played the Ocarina and uh, Wind Waker, mm-hmm. but I, I like the idea that rather than being an individual, it's just kind of like this leftover hatred incarnate of evil of this world yeah Yeah. literally incarnate of evil Mm -hmm. um blight phantom was brilliant i really liked that fight i liked the fact that he was fast the rest of them like the forgetful i didn't really like them particularly it's interesting too and i'm curious to hear where you guys all went but that was my first divine beast that i did you know i went after I like was able to explore, I went back to the Great Plateau, the plateau, and then went towards the desert, and I did that divine oh, beast no, first. I um, went to Zora's first. I went to the elephant. Um, yeah, same with I'm same with um, Ben here. Oh, interesting. Uh, the game I feel like pushes you in the direction to go to Fort Zora's first. So you I must. Feel, yeah, I know it like, probably is, but I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm doing well, whatever that, the fuck yeah. I want. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like I remember me. being nudged in the direction of Zora's domain. Yeah, because they have yeah. those. They have the Zora people that are like, can you please go see Prince Sidon? Like, we are begging yeah. for your assistance. We somehow yeah, know who everybody. You are. Please help us. Everybody thirsty for Prince Sidon, by the way. It's. I mean, he's a. Uh, if I was gonna fuck a fish man. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the character design is working for Ben in this game. Yeah, it's man. just horny all Except around. I don't like the bird champion. Actually, I don't like the Zora champion either because she reminds me of a child. So not her oh, and I not like the bird. Because I like me. But she's too. nice. I wouldn't fuck her. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That's where we. That's where we draw the that's line. That's where the line is, Kai. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say it's a weird choice to have a game that already feels very empty uh, and has a lack of not like characters in a sense like i don't think there's not character diversity i just don't think that there's like a lot of main characters who are playing service to the narrative that's happening to have ganon be because like in other games usually ganon has henchmen right and like that's who you're battling uh in the dungeons or in other creatures or yeah creatures or or even in like um in skyward sword with the fucking guy's name the clown uh who's terrifying Oh, Gearham. Oh, yeah, Gearham, nice. right? Oh, Gearham nice. is a servant of Gan, and <laughs> no, he's trying just... or trying to bring Demise forward. Yeah, um, oh, like knife man. That's fucking Super Mario RPG, isn't it? You had like knife, <laughs> knife guy, and something else. Do you remember? The I do remember that game. different game, but um, yeah, like I think if you would have had three distinct characters with motivations yeah. of helping Ganon that were in the Divine Beasts, of being like we are the servants of this, you know, new Ganon that isn't whole, right? Like, he needs mm-hmm. to get his power somewhere. So you, you're writing the Blights, but it's like, there was an opportunity there to introduce new characters in the canon in this game of being like, okay, where where's the gear of him of this game, right? And there really isn't one in a sense of, of bringing anyone in. You do get the experience of talking to the different groups, 
yeah. where you go and you're, you know, obviously when you go to the divine beasts, each of them have their own distinct kind of peoples that yeah. exist within them that you interact with. But even they play a relatively small part in the overall story. They, they don't really have a grand impact on the narrative. They just kind of exist and have given up on, you know, being able to do anything. And then you show up and they're like, well, thank God. Cause yeah. We were just gonna chill. Colby is etching to say something. No, I because I, I, I have answers and thoughts. I didn't want to interrupt anybody, but okay, yeah. So, it, so a couple things in Age of Calamity, which is the spinoff, yeah, a spinoff canon, non-canon, whatever the fuck Zelda game that is. Um, they kind of have that character. He's not in Breath of the Wild, but his name's like yeah, Astor. Astor. He's like he's like a prophet yeah. of Ganon, and he, his whole purpose is to like revive Ganon. Uh, yeah. Spoiler: you, you murder his ass. So I don't know how relevant he is. Yeah, he's, um, he's not relevant in Breath of the Wild lore. And <laughs> to push back on the not, not to push back, but to kind of like present the other side of the argument with the henchmen. I don't think they're needed because in the time it gets ties back to narrative. But the game in the game we're playing, Ganon's already won. So his henchmen being the blights, their sole purpose yeah. is to make sure Link doesn't recontrol the divine. They just beast. continue I mean, that they, control that they have yeah, on, on so Hyrule. It, their sole they purpose the is champions. To, yeah. Like, yeah, they killed the four champions. But uh, what does Ganon want? He wants what he has. That's the point. Is he 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 has control over Hyrule and <laughs> well, I guess I guess his motivation in this game is to break free of Zelda's grasp. His main motivation is to destroy Zelda, which is or and collect the other two pieces of the, the Triforce, which is the two oh. that we ultimately have. Is the Triforce in this game? <laughs> no. no. So I just think Not he just wants to be... E I just think he's being he's evil for evil. the sake of being evil. It's like he wants to spread farther than Hyrule, and he can't do yeah. that because like Zelda disease. is... He's like a disease. Him. He wants to spread further and have yeah. He disease. is a blight. Yeah. Right, but like... Yeah. Once I, yeah, I mean, it's a pointless argument. I can argue narrative tropes all day of being like, this would be interesting. It would connect with people. And I like the use, idea. Like, I think the idea is cool because the this, this universe yeah. does need more characters and it's going to introduce more characters in the sequel. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. from a motivational standpoint, like, I'm trying to save something, but he's already won, so who cares? Yeah. Like, why am I doing yeah. this thing? I mean, to be honest, I think, I, I think the main motivation is the, the hero. Oddly, oddly enough, Ganon is like <laughs> secondary. Like yeah. you're like Ganon's there. Like I'm here to rescue Zelda because Zelda yeah. is trapped. The game does a horrible of job of dick pit or whatever the fuck the word is. The game's a terrible. Yeah, the game does a terrible job of displaying Zelda's struggle fighting Ganon. Because from my point of view, she's had him in a headlock yeah. for a hundred years. Like what? What's yeah, exactly. yeah, what are you doing? Exactly. We, we just we, wanted to buy that house and stay there. I think that could have worked. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, like we've we've spent a hundred years recuperating from the loss, and now we are going to defeat Ganon for the purpose of freeing Zelda. It I isn't can, like properly explained yeah. at all whatsoever. I could just see and, Zelda like in inside the castle, like looking out and seeing like Link throwing rocks into like the lake. Koroks <laughs> appear, and she's like trying to hold Ganon back. She's like, "What the hell are you doing, man?" A hundred percent. Like I would have this henchman that you were talking about in the spin-off mm -hmm. sounds awesome. I wish he was in the main game because that sounds yeah. fucking brilliant. And yeah. uh, there was another point I was gonna make and I fucking forgot. Or even annoying. like have a like a buddy buddy being the uh fucking villain superhero from the first Incredibles movie. Like that's very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I you laugh, but hold on, let me explain. That's how you like, escape the Grand Plateau, like having points at you, and you're just like, Foom. 
having a character that's excited at the revival of Link and being like, I want to be part of your journey, and then getting <laughs> like heart? burned by that, and then turning to Ganon as like, this is yeah. my this is my true path now is to stop you yeah. from from like or gets corrupted by Ganon. Like that's fucking that'd be so motivating. I'd be like, holy shit, yeah. buddy is like dark side now and i gotta stop this shit he's about sure i'm just using this as as an example from incredibles (laughs) but like that motivates you to be like okay fuck i gotta do something about this but in this one you're right you're like i'm skipping rocks and i'm climbing a mountain and it's okay because this bitch has had him in a headlock for 113 years what i was saying the sense of 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 urgency (laughs) is kind of lost in this like you're like colby was saying what's another 100 years like we'll just go about our day so also i go on okay i was was gonna so do you think like so if you think like um, I forget the name of like if the Sheikah warriors became the Yiga clan mm-hmm. like midway through the game and turned on you like midway through the game, do you think that could be that, 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 that would be fucking sick? That would be interesting because that's what and they you'd are. have more enemies now. Because yeah, well, I mean Yiga clan are enemies, but but yeah, but, if, cool but, but more of the Sheikah, yeah. all more of the Sheikah turn. We see that happen. They're like, okay, this hero is not doing shit. We're gonna go to this clan. Ganon oh. seems to have control over here. Let's join his party. Rather than killing the champions, so rather than having these blight ganons and these phantoms at the divine beasts, have it be a corrupted champion, and then we have to oh. go and defeat that champion and that, free them from to Ganon's fight grasp. Mifa and like she's like, I know you don't want to kill me, but you have to fight me to essentially free my soul from the yeah, demise. That would control. be fucking awesome. That yeah. would be awesome. And yeah, I the thing heartbreak. I was going to say as well, <laughs> I'd be. I feel like I'd be a lot more invested in the urgency and the, the narrative of the game if yeah. I saw Ganon's victory. I know that sounds so silly, but no, I agree. If I had, if yeah. I had actually seen Ganon, even just snippets of Ganon defeating the champions, Link being so gravely injured he needs to rest for a hundred years in a hyperbolic time chamber, like if it's just seeing that victory and seeing that loss would kind of give me a motivation to be like, right, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna kill this dude. Even because the world's not that bad. I'm like, goddamn, got forests <laughs> and shit. People seem to be thriving. <laughs> nature, lo- uh, nature is loving it. Fossil fuels are an all-time high. Like exactly, oh, yeah, nature's exactly. loving it. There's housing for everyone. I'm just like, this seems like a good you thing. Have the occasional giant centaur creature in your backyard, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah. You know what I mean, sure, fine. the giant yeah. demon laser creatures do roam the earth, but like, that's a small price to pay for yeah. low rent. You if think your lizard is I on the side of a mountain, just going crazy? It's cool. Don't worry. <laughs> do you guys think that the um, clan saw Link doing like donuts on the mass cycle and like we need to stop this guy? The fact that they were like. Of all the things they could have focused on, the maker of this game was like, yeah, there needs to be a motorcycle in this bitch. Like, this has to happen. This is I remember, like, listening to the interviews with him, and he was very adamant of wanting, like, and, and they, like, they didn't do it in the main game, and then when they put the DLC, he was like, I want Link to have a motorcycle. And they're like, fuck, fine. I was just gonna say, I was, like, I was like, dude, did I miss a fucking motorcycle in this game? Like, it's what the, the fuck? Yeah, it's in the it's DLC. The DLC yeah. It's the strangest, like, addition to... Like there's no advanced technology really in the game. Yeah, it's just outside of the Sheikah slave that you're interacting with. But then uh, I want to ask something later on, but I'm curious because I, I want to wrap up the whole kind of divine beast talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and just I'm going to say something, and then I'm just going to let it explode, and people are just going to go off. I'm just going to say, uh, does divine beast design very good? Design beast dungeon very shit. Agreed. 
Yeah. I would say the one that I really I was not expecting that at all. No, no, I I, I agree with you. I think that their aesthetic, like their designs are cool, but the actual like puzzles of them aren't hard and they aren't fantastic. The only one I liked and I actually liked the dungeon was the elephant. That, I, I like that one. Up. That one and having to move the trunk in different directions and different placements. That fucking open lizard. Up more. Yeah. That lizard having to rotate that fucking oh lizard God. ninety degrees to be able to yeah. work out how I wanted to get to where I wanted to get to. I really like the thing is as well is the, the maps are like near on impossible to read for the divine beasts because it's a 3d fin you mm. can't really work out exactly where you are and what direction you're pointing it just didn't it was just tedious to me i, I think, think those are my favorite parts yeah really i'm so surprised yeah i mean i like them it's just like if you're talking about in comparison to like dungeons i think i like traditional dungeons better but i think like you said the elephant and even the bird revali's one those do a cool and interesting mechanics that i like because i the like the whole wind fun. aspect and having to roll the ball in certain directions and open doors and closed doors and the whole idea of being able to go like outside of the dungeon and have it be a physical space like you're on this mm -hmm. you're on this beast and when you're outside yeah. of them it is clear that you're on this beast so much so with Revali's one where it's still flying around hyrule and if you stand outside you can see everything down yeah, that's really cool. granted like if you jump lot. if you jump you get teleported back to the bird but i think having that continuity between them is really cool yeah, I just I wanted to talk about it because I I fully imagined that Jared and Colby were going to be like, oh no, no, the, the Divine Beast dungeons are amazing. Like, no, I listen. Really, I'd never played a yeah. Zelda game before, and I got all of them like within thirty minutes. So I, yeah. I yeah, not they're not bad. they're not long. Though. No, they're not long at all. I mean, but I I, I think that I, I said I think the designs of the Divine Beasts are, look really yeah. cool aesthetically yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. I love I them. They're really cool aesthetically. Yeah, and hey, look at that. Yeah, agreed on something. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> The dungeons itself aren't that hard. I don't mind that because I'm not trying to spend... Yeah. I'm not a hardcore gamer. I'm not trying to spend three hours trying to figure out why the fuck like, I have to put this triangle and like this one by yeah. one... Why do I have to play Zelda's lullaby in the water temple? It doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I can see how these... like An easier version of that would be like, oh, kind of welcome. Because like you said, playing... Is there a musical uh, instrument in this game? Cass. No, Cass is a musical instrument. Cass is the musical instrument. He's the parrot that plays the accordion. He's the big guy. Like, yeah, there's no. Yeah. Oh, his right. his quests are cool. I like his little arc. But yeah, yeah. last thing on the divine beast. Uh, if we had to fight a corrupt champion, I would have whooped Rivali's ass so hard. Like he he would he's, not. He's have such a little prick. Could you imagine? Like, and you can only use a bow against him. You I can't would, use a sword. I would you have to go in a bow. Fight. Like a, a bow fight between you and Rivali, that would be kind of wild. Yeah. I would have put sixteen arrows awesome. in each wing. He's not getting back. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Just mount him above your mantle and be like, "Yeah, that's my my kill." One shot him. With yeah, the mounting above yeah. mantles. Uh, you can have a house in this game, as many of us know. But apparently, uh, there was supposed to be some form of city building. Which yeah. would have oh, completely a... changed this game for me. Very kind of like that. Yeah, but that, that's what Terrytown is supposed to be. So there's a whole side quest where you can build a village that's non-existent there, and it becomes a town called Terrytown. Uh, in Terrytown, the buildings aesthetically look a lot different than all the other architecture in uh, Breath of the Wild. The reason is because there was supposed to be this entire town building mechanic where you can stack houses and you can build your build your own towns, essentially. like Almost like in Fallout, where you can build your own towns and everything. That was supposed to be implemented in Breath of the Wild it's because wild of delays and everything. Minecraft. Yeah, exactly. Because of delays and everything, they didn't end up doing that. But that's where where you get your house quest and where the Terry Town quest comes from too. That's that, devastating to me. I love that is yeah. the most. That is like the least Zelda Zelda 
Finn that I have ever heard. It's so it's so crazy. Cool. It's cool though. Like it's so cool. Yeah. I, just I just like city. Me. I like farm sims. And I tell you what, if I got a farm sims Zelda game, it's my fucking dream. If, if you had said to me right that there's a town building world, I would have gone eh. And then you go to me, yeah, but in that town building world, you can craft your weapons and you can have a blacksmith who can make you armor. I, mean, I don't know the extent like, of the town builder. I mean, it was just town builder. Well, I don't know. Like let's, that let's, would have been let's awesome. Let's take a little journey down uh, fucking uh, weapons uh, breaking uh, lane. Uh, I have a hot oh. take. I don't know if Colby uh, has this take, but I, I can already assume what you guys are. I liked the weapon durability. I didn't mind it. How? How did you weapon like durability? Right. The, the, the thing that like, pissed me off. Okay? Yeah, yeah, make your argument, please. I just, I just want to say, right, all of the champions give you this beautiful weapon that you would eventually you lose if you use. Yes. That's all I want to say. That's why I always put it in the house. I never yeah. use it. So I'm, I'm literally in the middle of I this. I didn't have a house, point. bro. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm always in the middle of this because, Ben, you are absolutely right. There's some weapons you get in this game that are beautiful, that are so cool, that do cool stuff, but you're almost like dissuaded away from using them because if you use them too much they're gone they're going to be broken and you won't have them anymore like colby said if you do the house quest you can store any weapons that you want in there and you can have them displayed in your house excuse me so you can always oh, put okay, that would be nice yeah, okay. so you can put weapons that you don't want yeah, they, to yeah, I mean, they hang on the walls of the split. house it looks really cool like what is yeah. it uh like the the royal claymore that looks yeah. really fucking yeah. nice yeah. so if you gold, have any cool gold. weapons that you want to display then you have there i mean the the now it's a display but i think that the weapon durability forced me to use my entire arsenal so if i'm ever out and fighting things i have to be quick if i'm in the middle of fighting something breaks i'm like shit i have to switch to this weapon and make sure i use that and now if i'm throw away things like sticks or bokoblin clubs that i would normally just pass by now have an importance where if i lose my giant claymore or if i lose any of those weapons and the bokoblin club is all i have that is my most important weapon now and now that is the that is what's going to help my survival so it it gave importance to every weapon in their entirety okay count a problem i went into hyrule castle and had to fight the first lionel with two bokoblin cubs and an ice <laughs> rod. Do you know how fucking long that took me and how many attempts that took? Probably a lot. I'm gonna guess. I okay. Oh, I'm I'm fine with weapon times. durability as long as yeah. you can upgrade That's weapons gonna, and repair them. Those those two things are are what is needed. Like yeah. In almost every fucking RPG with weapon durability, you can repair your weapons and you can upgrade your weapons to make them stronger. This game has neither of those fucking two things. You're pointing at me. Oh, no, continue. I'm going to talk on that after you're done doing this. Today. <laughs> okay. And so you get these dope-ass weapons and they break, but they're gone forever. And some of them, there's no other way to get them back. as yeah. Or they're Love extremely yours. rare yeah. to find. And it's just like, I mean, the Master Sword... Fortunately, they made the decision to even if it breaks, it recharges. It has like a reset cycle and then comes place. back. Yeah, what? I think it's stupid that it breaks in the first place because like it's not because when you yeah. first acquire, it's not that powerful of a weapon. No, it just yeah, it's it's not. Breaks. You, can, you can find I mean, swords that are much stronger than it. I mean, the powerful Dude. thing about it, honestly, is the fact that it resets. Right, like yeah. like it's not powerful, power, but it's always there power. when you need it. But like, that's, that's the, like you you could have gone down a Wind Waker route and had like it's a weakened version and you need to recharge it. Like in Wind Waker, yeah. you have to go to the two places and recharge the weapon. The shrines can be cool. part of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Something that Hyrule Warriors also introduced, the Age of Calamity, which would have been really cool, and this is what I hope to see in the next game, is exactly what you're talking about, Kai. Black the ability to repair and upgrade weapons. Like, say you have multiple sticks, or you have multiple giant claymores. You can then break those down to power up another one of your weapons. So it brings usefulness to some of those items that you might... They so we just with- want a Minecraft Zelda. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. We want exactly. town building, well, I want we want functional armor. It took us an hour and a half to say that. We all could have agreed on that in one minute in. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it would be cool to see that implemented into it. then, Because then weapons that you might not normally use become resources to upgrade other weapons okay but hear me out so why not if you're going to go down a weapon durability route right yeah have it so that for instance the champion's weapons don't break they go blunt and you have to travel back to the champion's domain to have their people look at the weapon pay to have it resharpened or whatever Yeah, I mean, that's the Dark Souls approach, too. You use weapon enough, and it becomes dull, and now it just does less power. You still have it, but it's going to do half the damage that it did before, I, and you have to just sharpen it and get it repaired. I kept my Zora Spear until, like, the fucking last area that I did when I did Revolis, <laughs> like with, Because I just didn't want to break it. I was like, this is a fucking yeah. awesome weapon. It's beautiful to look at. I don't want to break it. And I had to, because in the Phantom Ganon Blight fight, I didn't have any other weapons. I had yeah. to use my Zora Spear. Yep. I agree. You're right. Just have, have those weapons, like I said, have like the Zora Spear, Revoldi's bow. The, have them be similar to, to the Master head. Sword where they just, or similar to the Master Sword where they have a recharge. Like once you use yeah, them enough, you just something. can't use them for five, ten minutes or whatever, and then they come back. Positive take on this game. The armor and design of armor is fucking sick. Bro, it's I ran the around in the fucking pink Helian tunic the entire oh, game. Man. I fucking loved it, man. It was yeah. Also, being able to like customize and change the colors of your armors at the die shop is uh, fantastic. Yeah. I'll give well. you that. That that the was cooking mechanic cool. is ass though. So, give me a cookbook. Is there a fucking cookbook in this game? Have I missed? You something? have to Google it. Yeah, fuck that no i oh the amount of times that i made something that was so awesome is like full recovery plus five temporary yellow hearts i'm like oh yes and then i get to the next cooking station and i'm like what was the fucking recipe for that damn thing who's who's to say no, I, I agree well, we needed a, like, like a, we need a list of all the recipes like a recipe book or something where we can go back and see Oh, it needed like six apples, a lizard tail, and like whatever. A place a piece of wheat. Yeah, don't tell me before I've made it, but just once I've made it, have a journal or something that Link goes, okay, right, this plus this equals that. You're the journal, Ben. You yeah. Have to make right. sure you write yeah. Down and <laughs> you and IGN, those are the journals. Exactly. Yeah. You could have just looked at the IGN guide. There's a Link would have done. Exactly. They were they were well, they were harking back to a simpler time game. where Zelda games were literally unplayable without the uh, fucking walkthrough guide that was provided to you. I mean, I mean, luckily enough, the, the the recipes and food you make is it does help you a lot. But if you don't make anything, it's not gonna just you're not gonna have a bad time. The amount of times that I added so much shit together and it was like dubious food, rock hard <laughs> food. I'm like, awesome, cheers! I just wasted my prime steak and a bunch of other shit, like. <laughs> Um, what was interesting and what I did like 
was the um i don't know how to refer to it. i'm just going to call it the sound mechanic where link's armor and weapons would make noise that little oh, purple yeah. thing mm-hmm. that was next to him and that noise would alert people and you could have yeah. you could have um stealth there was silence rooms you could have um like food and elixirs that increased yeah. your stealth for a certain amount of the time Shika, the Shika armor or the Shika like outfit is also like stealth in itself like different it's armors have different boosts the yeah. heap the heap love the armor in Guan city yeah so like yeah. the 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 armor mechanic it's fine it has been done before you have the red tunic in ocarina for like death mountain and things like that so it's not by any means a new mechanic it's not anything that hasn't been done before in a previous zelda game regardless but having that whole stealth mechanic yeah. of being able to sneak up on enemies was brilliant yeah i, I mean it. there's also ones that you know boost stamina and help climbing and things like that too i feel like the stamina bar was a big thing about this game that i really don't bro, care about bro i hate the I like stamina, stamina bar in this game hate it why are you giving me an open world and then limiting my ability to explore that open world that makes no fucking sense that is so counterintuitive because gliding takes stamina climbing takes stamina running takes stamina i will say in argument to this that once you unlock a certain amount of stamina to get to places that satisfaction is earned instead of given so like when you're exploring if you can go anywhere there's no satisfaction in going anywhere Being Suddenly, able to have when enough you stamina to finally climb that mountain, I think is very satisfying. Very, too. Yeah, there is a there is a positive mental like, oh, I did yeah. it. The counter, counter, argument. counter to the counter. <laughs> the entire selling point of the game was that if you can oh, see there, crazy. you can go there. Yes, I yeah, hear I understand. That but sure. they say you can see there and you can go there. But again, I'll bring back the the preparedness. You can go there, but you, you might not three be hours prepared. time. No, well, I mean, yeah, just like in any RPG, when you run into enemies that are higher level, then you can go there and you're going to die. Ooh, well, hang on, hang on. But you're, you're not talking about higher level enemies. No, I'm not, but I'm you're talking, talking about stamina, about, higher stamina. Yeah, you're, you're physically talking about not being able to explore the world. Like, I could have shit weapons, but if I've done 17 strines and got up all my stamina, I can go to those areas with shit weapons. I mean, yeah, it's 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 the journey. It's not the destination. It makes no damn sense. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's not a matter of you're not ready to go there. It's a matter of hey, you need to play this game for twenty hours, beat a bunch of shrines, level up your stamina, and then you can go there with your shitty weapons. So that you can collect the eight hundred and seventy-fifth Korok seed out of nine hundred. Oh, you're not, you know, you know how that many you're collecting like <laughs> the fiftieth Korok seed out of nine hundred. That you're completely the ignored. amount of times, the amount of times that I was running around and I'd see a stone and it'd be an enemy nearby and yeah. I would pick up the stone to throw at the enemy and then like a Korok so seed would Korok. fucking appear out of nowhere. I'm like, yeah, what, what? Okay, but, then, but then yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. I can, I can see how I, I think it just in my own personal playthrough, my own personal perception of it, the stamina bar at no point felt like a hindrance to me like i always mm. felt like it was welcome and for me from the very get-go my first playthrough i invested all of my orbs into stamina i was like you know what i'm gonna be i'm gonna need to climb things i'm just gonna go from the get-go do all stamina and then i'll do hearts afterward that which was my mm. approach to it but uh, i don't understand if you want to limit fins off there are mechanics in the game 
that mm-hmm. could have been used to do that. You could have Lionels as bosses to entry points. You could have an area that is overrun with guardians that you can't get into. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like there are and ways they, that you could have locked it off more organically than having a stamina in the bar. It's it's not only organics, but it's skill based, right? Like if you fucking yeah. rock and wreck shit at Dark Souls, you can go anywhere. You're a god. Yeah. Slurry rush in this game. You can fucking just be like juking bitches and like cutting off heads, and it's fine. It doesn't matter your level. This is something where it's physically has nothing to do with your skill as a player and has everything to do with have you played long enough to unlock these things? And that's where the frustration comes from. I'm I'm fine with stamina. I'm like, like okay, cool. It gives me something to work for. But that's what this entire game is, yeah. is like a collectathon of different things to be able to do yeah. slightly different things. But like I get the perspective of wanting a skill-based challenge to block yeah. areas rather than a collecting-based challenge where it's just like, yeah. have you gotten I, 400 Zorks? Looks like you haven't. And that's just not, it's like, okay. Yeah. I, I can see that. Col- Colby, what is your stance on the stamina in in this game? The only, it, it didn't really bother me. I actually kind of liked the real-world element of it just mm-hmm. because, you know, it makes sense that when you jump, when you hang onto a glider for 100 yards, when you run... Because I have a stamina bar in real life. <laughs> yeah, every time I look up in my top left corner, I'm like, oh, shit, halfway. But oh, okay. um, oh, man. I gotta yeah, start walking. But, um, no, I think to counter Ben's point, when you do more shrines to get higher stamina, the chances of mm-hmm. you having, as you put, shitty weapons significantly decreases. Because mm-hmm. it is... It is that sense of exploration. You get rewarded for exploring. You get rewarded for finding these things. I think the sense of exploration is a res rewarded in this game very handsomely at times. So yeah. I think that just, you know, and at, at the end of the day, what is the stamina wheel? What are the heart meters? It, it's incentive to go do the damn shrines. That's that's all they are. You yeah. know, and They're you don't, like, ha- you don't play the shrines that we worked hard at doing yeah. and this is how we want you to do them. Yeah, exactly. I me personally, I always maxed out stamina for like I got thirteen hearts, yeah. got the sword, then I just maxed out stamina for the, the rest of the game. Mm. But yeah, I, I think I think it's I think it's fine. I like I like the idea of it. It's an it, the most annoying part is when it's fucking raining and you can't climb anything and you lose like all your stamina. I'll give you that. Rain is fucking awful. Hate it. Yeah. But like, does it not f- See, the thing is, when you're saying that to me, now all I'm thinking is, oh, okay, so this game is just falsely inflated and longer than it needs to be for no reason. You're like, to get to the nice places, you need to get stamina. To get stamina, I mean, you need to go to the shrine. Well, not, so it's, like, it's not, it's not exclusive. Be- it's not exclusive. You don't have to exclusively get stamina to go to these nice places. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, it's you know, when you go to these places, you're, you're better prepared. Yeah, like right. I was they, saying before, like bringing like the skill point to it. The minute you get off the Great Plateau, you can go fight Ganon. Don't need stamina. Don't need hearts. Don't even have to worry about any of the mechanics of the game. You can fight right, Ganon, roll credits. That's a skill mechanic. That's a skill yeah. mechanic, right? Yeah. But there will be mountains in that game that are physically too high for you to climb up with the base stamina meter, mm-hmm. or places that are too far for you to glide with the base yeah. stamina. I think like Colby was saying too, like incentive to do other things because even going and doing uh, Revali's Divine Beast, which non-subsequent Why? playthroughs I always do first because yep. you get Revali's Gale and Revali's, Revali's Gale, is, Gale is online exactly. <laughs> all the time. But having Revali's Gale helps with any kind of need for exploration. Like if there is something that's too high, I mean, you know, Revali's Gale only goes up a certain amount, but there's a good chance that Revali's Gale can get you up there without having to reserve that that stamp. Yeah, the fact that right, you get but, three of them per go, you basically just go anywhere you want. Yeah. 
and it recharges pretty quick. It's like, it's like mm. you, you know, what you're saying is like to be able to explore the game properly, you need to have a high enough amount of stamina. But to get mm. that high amount of stamina, you have to do the shrines. Right. To me, that's false inflation. You're you're making me do something in order to do what the game is being sold as. The game is sold as an open world exploration Zelda game. Mm-hmm. but you're telling me that i have to spend 20 to 25 hours doing all these shrines in order to get to what the game is that's right. false inflation I, mean, I, I can see like, in your, the playtime of the game yeah with your with your uh, point too like the idea of having like harder enemies guard because you get that in skyrim too you know you go to certain areas and you're gonna like if you go up to the mountains you're gonna get fucked by a yeti that you're not prepared for or anything like that like you, you can have <laughs> didn't need that visual guy with things have uh you can have larger and harder enemies guard those spots without having to have that need for it being in like a, a, a gate on stamina but I, I can see where you're coming from like i said i think that having the option like doing rivali's gale i mean you don't know this information like uh, like my first yeah. playthrough i did that one last and realized shit i should have done this first because that would have helped me explore the entirety of this game I did it last as well. Yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of a cheeky comeback to the stamina thing. But it, and we were talking about earlier, you can make elixirs to in temporarily max out your stamina. More, more cooking. But again, you have no idea. idea. But when you do it, you're like, how the fuck yeah, do you don't do know. that? Versus, oh, I know how to do it now. Right. If you yeah, had a recipe book of to... potions that you could make, that would probably help mitigate some of that too. Listen, but that is also IGN, so I don't see the point here for cookbook. <laughs> this is there's also uh an inflated that is also inflated gameplay though just not Agreed. to the same yeah, extent because yeah. to get those elixirs i have to run around and kill enemies i have to kill the right enemies to get yeah. what i need i have a question ben no, it, do you want to explore at all in this game like are you sure want you want to explore <laughs> i was trying to explore bro that's the problem but like <laughs> so many times problem. i was like trying all to glide all i was doing is trying to explore and i kept having to do shrines yeah, th- th- and that was it, and that and that what that's what it came down to is I tried to explore places I couldn't get somewhere I couldn't climb up a mountain I'd go do a sh- and then in the end I was just like fuck this. So do you think? I'm, I'm, think- I'm go ahead, sorry, go. Colby, go ahead. Okay, I was gonna. Re- do you think it would have been better then if it was like sixty shrines and every two orbs gets you spirit, gets you stamina or heart versus four? It cuts it in half. Yeah, yeah, like uh, something that was. Like you got to something- that point a little quicker. Like if you had yeah, less. That, that was my. That's my main orbs. kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's my main kind of problem. Is like, I, I never got to that point where I could freely roam around the world, and that's mm. all I wanted to do in an open world Zelda. Yeah, that was like I said again, that was the entire marketing for the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot you said it. But... Ten, go ahead, go ahead. Distinctly different environmentally designed shrines that each give you one heart and one stamina. Yeah, I I think that I think that fits it perfectly. I like that idea. I mean, 120 is a lot, given that 30 of them are just walkthroughs. But someone yeah, made the and point, I think yeah, someone made the point one time that they built the world and map first, and then put the stuff in it after. And I think that that's what it yeah. feels like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's 100 what it feels like. I agree yeah. with it. Yeah. And, I, and I think for me, that's, kind of the I had uh, ha- having all this history of Legend of Zelda. I think they really relied on 
because going through that world and having motivated to explore places, even if I couldn't get to them, how, how they kept me uh, intrigued was like, oh, this tree is named after a town in Ocarina of Time. And like those little things, for which to a lot of people wouldn't be important. Lawn, lawn Ranch. But to me, seeing like Lawn Lawn Ranch and seeing like Bridge of Elden and seeing things like that, nods to other games was the exciting. Sky, the like, Skyward okay. Sword Shrine at the top of the um, statue of the goddess. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, like those little things and then like, callbacks to... Uh, uh, other games definitely helped, but I can totally understand if you don't have that context, then yeah. what do you, you can't I, rely on that. I understand. I think that. they just needed to build in the secondary motivation because like, yeah, I agree. That's super cool, but I play it all the games. So like, yeah. Oh yeah. shit. That's, that's cool. Well, that's not motivating enough for someone coming into it yeah. to be like, this is the reason I will continue. Even as like Kai said, if you have at the end of a dungeon, not only do you get heart container, but rather than being the heart container, you get, an overall level up your health increases your like stamina it's more, it, it, it leans like, more like into the rpg I, yeah yeah or, or even just like i do like skill like a a way where you know link is not at his full power and so defeating yeah. these enemies gets like gains back a part of his power yeah. or something like building it that way rather than 120 shrines where they're all like, oh, go in there and throw right. this bomb down this tube and blow up it's, this part <laughs> of the wall. It's going to be really interesting to see how they tackled the sequel because clearly it takes place in the same world with some points of interest. We saw there might be dungeons. We saw there might be like these big uh, structures in the sky. But how are they going to make it yeah, how are they going to make it compelling to explore this world again? They can't just throw us into a world with 120 shrines again and say, go explore. They're just going to... Nintendo, it. they are 100% going to do that. They are it's going to be one cutscene, and it's going to be just like a fucking like, Korok that accidentally like hits a reset button, and time just goes <laughs> back, and you just play through Breath of the Wild again. You're like, God <laughs> damn it. It's just, it's just a Korok randomly with an ocarina, and he's yeah. like... <gasps> <gasps> From what I, I haven't played, I haven't played Elden Ring. But what I've I've seen of that is from Soft and Elden Ring, they tackled this open world in a very interesting way. Not only having this this very open map that you can go and explore at any point, but these underground interconnected cave systems is so cool. Being able to go underground and like explore this full like dungeon and pop up somewhere else that you don't know. Like if we had some kind of mechanic like that in Breath of the Wild, where we find out there's this whole expansive cave system underneath Hyrule. I mean, we've seen them in dungeons and we've seen the Hyrule Castle lift up from underground. So maybe that could be the case, but that would be so cool to have something like that. Okay, I have to ask as well. Here we go. What ask are that. your guys' opinion on the horse situation? Do you want Epona back or are you happy to catch wild horses and tame them? And I like catching wild horses. Up? And technically, if you have Amiibos, you can have Epona. But, that, but it's uh, not... Having, from a what I remember, having a dedicated horse, I, I understand. Yeah, I was going to say, from what I understand, though, it's not like you don't get to ride a pona, do you? Yeah. yeah. If you have the amiibo, you do. It's technically not called a pona, though, right? No, it's called a pona. Like when you go to, you can change its name, but when you go to name it, it says a pona. Mm. Oh, okay, right. But anyway, yeah. So it does feel weird about... to have to like paywall what is a iconic character from a Zelda game behind a plastic toy that is meant for like eight year olds because breath of the wild feels like a celebration of all of those games too so. yeah that feels uh, that's weird vibes yeah sure what, what, what people that. what people don't realize is that um amiibos are just dlc in toy form 
that is literally yep. all they are they serve to give you extra content in your game I mean, and have something to put on your shelf buying the Which, twilight princess one it allows you to have wolf link run around with you and fight with you and that's all i've ever wanted in this game <laughs> is to have a nice wolf pup wolf link is with me and he's fighting alongside me I do want to point out that we are nearing the two hour mark and as where yeah. I feel that we could talk about this for all eternity. Let's be respectful of our yeah. time. So. so genuinely horses, everyone was fine with yeah. catching horses, taming yeah, them, all of that I stuff. I mean, when I caught the all white horse, uh, that's the only one Ooh, I ever the, used. The big boy. And yeah. then there's like, the I, what does that too. say about you? <laughs> oh, so I, I started off, <laughs> I caught a blue horse that was like white spotted. Um, and that was my horse for a while. And then I caught this like fucking Chad all black horse. <laughs> That's Gandorf's horse, horse. No, this was just all black. It was like black mane, black, oh, ever, like interesting. just oh. pure black. And I was like, yeah, you're my fucking Chad horse now. That was I'm one of my favorite so. side quests in this game was the giant horse that you can catch in like yeah, the fairy you wood. Go out to the desert too. There's like the big Ganon's horse, the big orange and black one. Oh, see, I didn't, it wasn't that one. I didn't catch that one. I just caught this fucking Alpha Chad random yeah, horse. Yeah. I mean, did you guys have any other points, any other arguments you wanted to have with Breath of the Wild here? Uh, not that isn't going to carry on the conversation. For another two hours. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how about this then? Like, yeah. Let's, let's sort of wrap up and say, do you guys feel that this game deserves the reception and the accolades that it got? Um, I, I can start here. I, I think that, unfortunately or fortunately, there is a lot of people that are going to have an emotional connection to Legend of Zelda. And I think in that, that the any aspect of that that people give tends to or say that it's a perfect game, because in, in my opinion, that that is my opinion, that I understand that there's flaws and they can build off of it. But my first experience going through, there was none of that. I didn't ever ever come to a wall or something that i was like oh this feels weird or like this doesn't work good it was just it was all excitement all the way through that being said i i think that you have to be able to recognize the flaws in this you can't just be like this is a perfect game and i'm not even going to look at the other things because there's a lot of people that do that they're like i'm not even going to look at those other things or acknowledge them i think being able to acknowledge them and still enjoy your experience is fine and valid but acknowledge those things because we always want to improve like breath of the wild is great but we want the sequel to be better we want it to be a better experience and there's things yeah. that we can do and there's things that we can change to make that a better experience and if you want that a better experience you have to acknowledge the problems that people are having you can't just say that you're dumb because you think this game's bad i think it's good and it's perfect so you're stupid for thinking it's wrong you can't do that because then you're just going to be stuck in your ways and we're not going to have any innovation i mean breath of the wild from the series felt like a big step forward in innovation itself and we want to just keep that going and continue that going so as much as i think that like yeah the the 10 out of 10s and all of that are are, are valid in my opinion I think that you have to be able to recognize the flaws of this game so we can have a better sequel. There okay. That's we'll, take. Uh, we'll let Kai, uh, Kai, you go next, go and we'll mix it up. Yeah. Okay, give me a second. Hold on, I'm Googling something. Oh, okay. One How to talk second. about the wild. Uh, yeah, yeah. How to convince your friends that you're How to right. Your <laughs> this game is bad. <laughs> You can do Colby uh, if you want. Yeah, someone else go. Okay, yeah, Colby. Colby. What do you? I echo, what do you think? I echo a lot of what Jared said. Um, this is the this is my favorite game ever. 
again, there's a heavy emotional attachment to it, but I, I this game to me is a 10 out of 10, 100 out of 100. It always will be for me yeah. personally. I'm not saying that's what it deserves to be on every magazine, every gaming magazine. The guy who yeah. gave it a 7 out of 10 and got raked over the coals, I think he has he good points. He shouldn't have got shit for it. I yeah. think he guys points. I think I think you both have points. When I see six out of ten here as a member of the call, and I think that, um, <laughs> and I think I think Ben has good points too. A lot a lot of which I can agree with. And above all else, I think it's I think it's nice that we all all four of us, despite our differences, can have an open conversation about the state of this game because Absolutely. it is a game that is heavily mm-hmm. like if you say something bad about it, the Korok profile pictures and the Zelda profile pictures come at your throat. But <laughs> I, I do think this game deserves all the accolades and attention it got because at the end of the day it delivered an experience that everyone's going to remember you guys may not think it's a necessarily good Good experience when it comes to a a, a state of being a video game but we're here Mm -hmm. talking about it so clearly it meant something to you guys but yeah i i think i think at the core of this it's a it's gonna give you something that you'll maybe you've seen for the first time a video game maybe it didn't i hate to break it to everyone this is not the first open world game to ever come out um (gasps) yeah Kobe, my heart I'm sorry. Nintendo's going to cancel you. Colby canceled 2022. <laughs> I see a numerous jet landing in my backyard right now. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I really do think this game deserves every, all the recognition it got. Uh, at Jeff yeah. Keighley's summer pool party, it probably won game of the year. I'm, I'm very I, I'm very happy I came across this game. I'm happy I talked about it with you guys. And I, I do think yeah. that despite its flaws, I, I, think it's, I, think it's a, I think it's a masterpiece in some areas. I really do. Yeah. Kai, have you found what you were looking for? Yeah, you found out how to convince us that you were wrong. No, I just wanted, I needed more context to something. Um, I want to be clear that I don't think this is a bad game and that I don't know. Six out of 10 is not a bad score. Like, let's stop pretending like it's not. Like, that's that's fine. A six out of 10 is a fine game. It's it's a good, it's, and honestly, it's probably a seven out of 10. The six out of 10 was for the reaction. Hey, yeah, you got a, you got a point. Well, we did it. Good job. That's it. I'm yeah, I think one now, <laughs> it's an okay open world exploring game with light RPG elements. That compared to, and once again, this is my own problem. Compared to the Zelda franchise, in what is to be expected from a Zelda game, it is not a good Zelda game. It doesn't mean it's a, it's a bad game. It just means in the context of the Zelda universe and the mechanics that one should expect from a Zelda game, it doesn't meet the bar for me. Secondly, at the Game Awards, which is not the arbiter of good things, it won Game of the Year. And it beat out a very specific game that I think is better than this game in a lot of ways, which is Horizon. I played through Horizon. Horizon is a phenomenal game. And not only is it a phenomenal game, it's a phenomenal story. It's a female-led game. It has one of the most incredible new fucking, like, triple A IPs that is out there right now. And I honestly, it is a better game, in my opinion, for the things that it did, for the things it attempted, for the world that it built, for being open world and doing open world well with a narrative. I get that Nintendo has a weirder audience than a lot of game companies. They play to a much younger audience. They play to a much more broad audience. Uh, ever since the Wii, they, you know, it's our grandparents, it's our yeah. sisters and friends and people who you never would expect to get into video games usually find a way in through a Nintendo IP, which is great. I have no... That's a great thing. I want everyone to experience games. I just think a lot of the hype around it came from that in the same way that yeah. Nintendo games have always 
kind of inspired that level of feedback to them is because they're incredibly accessible. And while accessible is great to get people into things, it doesn't, it's not great once you're into them. It's like the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa is not a great painting. The reason it's famous is because someone stole it and now people look at it and think that's high art. That's great art. It's not great art. It's actually a pretty shitty painting, but for people it represents something. And I think that's what Breath of the Wild is. It's a representation of Wow, I didn't know that games could do this. I didn't know that games could make me feel, you know, like awe-inspired and could present me a world that I want to go be in. And for a lot of people, that's what it did. And then they were like, well, this is perfect. And it's like, well, your context to the things that have come before it and the things that are coming out next to it, you have none. So, of course, you think this is great. And that's always been my frustration. Brother of the Wild is an enjoyable experience. I've played it multiple times. I think it does have its beauty in the way that it's designed and the way that it's built. And obviously a lot of people have copied it. There's a lot of games that came out the years past that were like, that's a Breath of the Wild clone. That's a Breath of the Wild clone that they just made Breath of the Wild. And like that speaks to how influential it's been. I just think that we also have to take it, as Jared said, with this is where it can absolutely improve within its narrative design, within its character design, within a bunch of the areas in which we spoke about now that you can go, you can make this a really great Zelda game. And you can make this all things for all people where you reach those hardcore gamers or the people who are within you know what we do which is talk about games constantly and you can also reach those individuals who maybe don't have that experience but can still connect with it uh kind of on a face value level seven out of ten seven i think all that's very fair as someone who thinks it's i think all that's very fair yeah i think uh just to wrap it up like i just it's an okay Zelda game. That's where I feel like I land. You know, yeah. I I played Ocarina, I started Breath of the Wild, and then I played Wind Waker. And if someone asked me what my favorite was, I would say Wind Waker. Wind Waker was my favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild is it's a fine Zelda game compared to the others that I've played. It doesn't make the most sense narratively. To be honest, if you think about it, there isn't much narrative in the game whatsoever. And so it's kind of leaning on the sequel to pick that up. And that's where a lot of the hype for the sequel is coming from. Mm. My problem with Breath of the Wild comes from a word that Jared said, and that's innovation. This is not an innovative game. It just fucking isn't. I'm sorry. It doesn't innovate open worlds. It doesn't innovate maps. It doesn't innovate anything. It collates a lot of what's been done by games before it and puts it together into one experience. And I think that people mistake taking good parts of different games and putting it together as innovation. And that's kind of, like I said before, like a lot of my issues with the game aren't even with the game, it's the reception of the game and the, the way that people talk about it. Like I can talk to Jared and Colby about it because they're open minded enough to turn around and say, like, yeah, okay, that that's not great. Though like yeah. what you said, yeah, that isn't a good part of the game. But then other people, like we've said, it's just so steadfast in their defense of the game that it just tarnishes it for me. It's innovation um, in the way that Apple's innovation, right? It's like they didn't invent yeah. the computer. They didn't invent the cell phone. The, it's just, but it's yeah. like the way you packaged it was so yeah. compelling that people were like, you did something fucking crazy. And it's like, yeah. well, 
What about the fucking Blackberry? What, what yeah. about the personal computer that came before the Apple II? Yeah, like, the, none of that? It's the, biggest, like, oh. it's the biggest IP to take a stab at this. That's why people give the innovation tab. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's, and I, I'll say it's innovative for a Zelda. 100%. It is yeah. the yeah. most innovative Zelda that's ever existed. Now, is that to Nintendo's detriment? We'll have to wait and see. But I just, yeah, I. It's a fine game. Go play Wind Waker. <laughs> <laughs> Those are your, your final points is just play Wind Waker instead. Oh, man. Be, I don't know. Be, that should be the title I, I, I of the can't episode. S- <laughs> it's a fine game. Just go, go play Wind Waker. I, I can't say anything else that isn't going to repeat yeah. what I've already said over the two hours. You know, like if or, you, or start if another two-hour conversation that we get debated exactly, on. I don't yeah. see a problem with that. Like if you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Four hours of content. Yeah. yeah. Let's up into like, one hour episode and do an entire so. season of it. Yeah. That's a little. I mean, you you no, just, said I something mean, that I was going to debate, Ben. But let's just we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up. <laughs> let's we're, we're fine. Like, if you if if you don't understand how I feel and the points yeah. that I've made about the game in this two hour rant that I've had in between listening to other people, then I don't know what to say. To Come you. yell at us at Discord. Come tell us your the, point. The thing to take away from is be open-minded. Have conversations with people. Even if you're passionate about something, other people's perspectives are just as valid as yours. Have a conversation. Yeah. Don't just scream at them on Twitter with your Korok profile picture. We fucking see yeah, I do. Stop I it. do want to argue not everyone's perspective is as valid as mine. Mine is more valid most of the yeah. time. I will... Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this panel is better. We're, speak, we're speaking specifically to Zelda yeah. fanboy420. Yeah on twitter like, exactly okay guys thanks for listening thanks for getting the end of the episode colby thank you so much for coming on and talking so about much. breath of the wild with us it was great having you on here man it's been fucking awesome no, yeah, i would have been I, really I, off balance to just have us yelling at jared for two hours yeah it would have been sad i would have not been able to do it no I, I i appreciate it guys um i i hope i hope to do more of it in the future yeah. it really is an honor i'm a big fan of we'll come you, we'll have you back on for the sequel oh absolutely there you I'll, go. I'll be i'll be there and we'll probably be having the same argument when it's the same exact game but, uh, <laughs> uh, look guys i know it's the same 120 what? shrines what? but it's innovative <laughs> let me tell you but, yeah um, i'm, I'm yeah. gonna assemble an army of korok twitter but no uh, thank you guys so much I'm, 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 a, I'm a really big fan of your guys's work and i think the stuff you guys do is oh, awesome thanks, so just keep up the great work it really was an honor to be on i'm not gonna lie to you i oh. still don't know how to take compliments about the podcast but thank you <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i've been the on most like english it. response ever for, he's for, like for i just want to die <laughs> i've been on a lot of shows recently and every time i say something nice about their show one i genuinely mean it and two they're like i don't know how to fucking take this yeah I like you, you was like oh That's i love what you was like, I love what you do, and immediately my body was just like shrivel into yourself and disappear. <laughs> That's how I feel like when family talks to me about the podcast. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. Like, I could, I could lay this yeah, out for you. Exactly guess so. how it is, and you still wouldn't get it. Yeah, it's like, oh, but you do a podcast? No, I know a podcast. Yeah, podcast. podcast. Yeah, but uh, Colby, one more time before we go, let the people know where they can find you in your podcast. Uh, Switch it up podcast on Apple Podcasts. There's a bunch of other names. Switch it up, so very unoriginal, but we're number one, so they can all suck it. You can find us on. You can find exactly. us there. Um, Twitter at SwitchUpPod. Uh, we have personal Twitters, but um, I've I've only used my at the time of recording. I've only used my Twitter to tweet about golf, so I might be going into retirement once that's over. But <laughs> yeah, other than that, we have an Instagram you can find. You can follow Tyler, uh, best friend, co-host, all all that good stuff. Season four just started, so uh, go check it out if you have any yeah. interest. Yeah, and we'll have the link to all of their socials in below. But definitely take, check it out, Switch It Up Pod, especially their coverage on Three Hopes because it's awesome. It's really good, good quality Appreciate content that. over there. Yeah. 
Okay, guys, but we will end the episode here. We will see you next time on whatever bonus episode content we talk about. Uh, give us some suggestions. Tell us what else we should talk about. What other games we should talk about on our social media. That's all yeah. on our link tree. Wherever you can find it. Colby, go play uh, Wind Waker. Let me know what you think. If if it comes on Nintendo's Switch Online, or if I can somehow dig a Wii U out of the grave, oh, I'll do I'll do it. Okay. I'm like, 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 like I've got some bad news. It's never yeah, coming exactly. to Switch Online. <laughs> 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 no, you, okay. you have to do, do the Wii. Bye. Bye. We will see you next time. Ciao, guys. Bye.